and welcome to this week's edition of the Lost Art of Wrestling, week three on the road to WrestleMania. I'm just making sure I've got the right one on. You have, I hope. I've been your 30. Yeah, we yeah. Are, we'll say we are, in, well, we're, we're apart for this one. So, okay. yeah, so we're not actually got, well, it's not, all of us have not got the re, uh, pay-per-view on in the background. Well, the network had 31 on, I thought it was 30. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Botch. I don't remember Sting on WrestleMania 30. <laughs> oh well. It would have been a better WrestleMania. I'm not, I'm not even shocked at this point. Fuck you. <laughs> that, that's arguable. It's a possibility. There we go. <laughs> I've got the right one now. It's alright. Hey! Okay. Yes. With week three of the road to WrestleMania. This week it's Paul's pick. It is. It is I also just... have to apologise. Um, <laughs> when picking this pay-per-view... Um, oh, by the way, I'm Paul the Hat Guy for this THG. Um, yeah, when picking this pay-per-view, I thought to myself, well, I've only been a full-time wrestling fan since like 2010, the very, very beginning of 2010. So I thought to myself, it's only fair to go by what I watched live... And what I thought was a good pay-per-view at the time of watching it, rather than going back and going, right, well, I watched this pay-per-view then. Like you guys picked 17 and 18, you actually watched them live, did you not? Yes. Yeah. So I thought to myself, well, it's the only fair way to do it is my natural first reaction while watching this show. And I can remember most of the night watching this match, this pay-per-view with my friends around uh, Alan's house, and it was an absolute blast. Um, for me, also, since what since watching uh, in twenty ten, it has been possibly the best WrestleMania since WrestleMania. Well, the WrestleMania in two thousand and ten. I can't remember which number it was. So it was the one where Shawn Michaels retired. I'm yeah, tempted okay. to say twenty it, it, twenty six, but could be twenty seven. I think 27 is actually the Mason Cena, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. I want to say yes. Um, yes, it would be. It would be 27 because 28, 29 was Rock, Rock and Cena twice. So yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, that's right. 27. So yeah, it's, for me, since then and now, this is possibly my favourite WrestleMania of all time. Now I've been to screenings in Preston, this, that, and the other, and. Even to this day, before I went to, to these screenings, this was the best WrestleMania for me. Um, just to build around a lot of the matches. Um, yeah, and also I just felt like I say, you know, you two picked two WrestleManias that were on the back end of the Attitude Era. I wanted to pick something a little bit more modern so we could sort of also compare and contrast. Now, obviously, if you watch our part of the group, you would have noticed um, a certain video that um, appeared last week, or this week even, shall we say, where uh, we picked a certain um, number out of a hat, didn't we, uh, Coxie? <laughs> well, Bunkle picked it, so blame him. Yeah, we're going to blame Bunkle. Blame <laughs> my hat. We can blame my hat, but we can also blame Bunkle. I blame Mostly Bunkle. Myself. I'm getting blamed for shit. Yeah, you should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. How do I get blamed for it, right? All I do is I arrived, I delivered, I left. It's not my fault that 
the, the gods wanted number nine. Just <laughs> like Parcel Force, you did a substandard service. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, right? You took that. You took that. Sorry, you weren't available. Sticker note, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. And it's not my fault. You cashed it in and got nine. Uh, this is true. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I tried it. I couldn't put it in the blue bin. It was too big, so you know it had to go back to the depot. Yeah, it, let's let's be honest. WrestleMania night was a massive pile of shit. But yes, um, <laughs> thankfully because of. Um, the way, we, way we've worked it out, it's ironically worked out well because we've had two Attitude Era WrestleManias. We have had a modern WrestleMania. We've also, I would call, sort of the back end of the classic era of WrestleMania. Would you say? WrestleMania 9 was, what, 94? So it's sort of 93, the, yeah. Yeah. The era, they whatever you call it. So yeah. the, dark, the dark days of the F. Yeah, the so... So we've got the massive highs, the massive lows, and the uh, massive uh, mediocres of the yeah, WrestleManias, right? Here. So it's worked out well. <laughs> yeah, it's the decline of Hulkamania, really, isn't it? It's you know, it's after the decline, the steroids, of, it's decline after the steroid of... scandal, and you know, we all stop believing in the you know, take your vitamins and say your prayers, and you'll be as big as Hulk Hogan. There you won't take some steroids. There you go. This is it. It's more or less of it being deflated and more already deflated and already flat, floppy on the floor, basically. Yeah. You know. But yeah, we're talking about WrestleMania Nine here. We're here to talk about WrestleMania Thirty. Yes. Yes. Right. Thirty. Of course, I am your host, Coxie, joined once again by the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man. He signed, sealed, took it back to the depot. It's Billy the Boy, Billy the Boy Bunkle. Hiya. How we doing? <laughs> ready to ready to watch. Uh... WrestleMania 30, then, now, forever. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, the first promo seems to last then, uh, now, then, and forever. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle, ever the pessimist, then, now. It's going to go away sometime soon, you know. It's not forever. <laughs> <laughs> then, now, and whatever the shelf life is. Don't lie to us. Don't lie to us, Vinnie Mac. We're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can hear he's introduced himself already. It's it's me, it's me, it's THG, Paula Hat Guy Flinders, here to ruin your day with WrestleMania 30. Of course, of course. 2014 at the Mercedes Benz Superdome in New Orleans, the same place I've been this year. Absolutely. Yes. Which I thought was very strange, but there we go. Seventy-five thousand one hundred and sixty-seven people. Let the good times roll. It's WrestleMania 30. Absolutely. Someone once said, a good time happens. Precisely when we lose track of what time it is. Man, oh man, have we lost track of time. What started three decades ago as a single idea has grown into something extraordinary. A celebration like no other. Welcome to the pageantry, the emotion, to the history that is WrestleMania. For three decades, we've cheered, cried, love and live 
hearts have raced as we've applauded the incomparable. Finally, the Rock has come back! And stared with disbelief at the unbelievable. For 30 years, we've marveled at the moments that have marked the passage of our lives. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. And with each new year, we get to live it all again. The Austin era has begun! Tonight, we add a new chapter to this unfinished book. The story continues. And the party rolls on. There's only one man that can conquer that street. What would the world be without its hero? At WrestleMania, I will fight for everything. I will fight for my legacy. I don't care if it's Daniel Bryan, Triple H. You're looking at the next champion. I am the past, the present, and the future. You guys underestimate the power of these people. At WrestleMania, I bury Daniel Bryan. Tonight, we celebrate all that was then. Where we are now. And what will be. Forever. How do we start the good times rolling? With a Hogan, massive of course. Promo. A massive, massive promo. 35 minutes of promo, might I add. Well, of course, at this point, I think I, I remember this vaguely, well, vividly. I was sat at my house on the same spot I am now, with the boys around. I had Bunker around. I had our friend Cooks around. I had, I think, Chris round. Yeah, it's quite possibly. And Hogan comes out, and we're all marking out and stuff. Yeah. He's doing all the bullshit, and he said, mentions the Silver Dome. He calls it the Silver Dome, which is a running gag. Even yeah. to this day, it's still a running gag. And then... Fair, he, do, he does a really good job of trying to cover it up. The old day. He, do, he does actually say, oh, sorry, brothers, I was, I was just thinking about slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. And it was like, I can actually believe that you were, because you're probably, you know... Getting flashbacks. Towards that really old age, yeah. Well, it's towards old age, isn't it? He doesn't know. He doesn't quite know what's real. Well, um, it's like that YouTube clip <laughs> on SmackDown where he's like, he's talking, he's cutting a promo on Vince, and he's like, he's like, I'm the gay. I mean, guy. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Hulk? Huh? <laughs> Hogan is talking his mania history, then glass shatters. It's like being back at WrestleMania 17 as Austin makes his way to the ring. Yeah. Crowd does go mental for Austin, to be fair. Yeah, it, it, go, it, it is a massive pop for the guy. Massive Austin, pop. Austin gets his jabs in with the Silver Dome thing. Which has Talk, done. Talks about Hogan going to Mania. Been at Mania 1, what? Been at Mania 2, what? Slamming Andre at Mania 3, what? Losing to Orange <laughs> at 6, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you can smell the B.O. in the air 
<laughs> and failed him. <laughs> the Rock makes his way to the ring. To an even bigger pop, might I add. Which also at this point, Bunkle, Cookson and Chris all looked over at me expecting some sort of reaction and the only thing I could do was throw my hands in the air and shout everywhere. And thus the uh, in-joke was born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the only thing I'll say is, at the time, we all marked out massively for that because it was... It was really, really good at the time. Having rewatched it this morning, in fact, <laughs> <laughs> it's three lads having a chat for 35 minutes before they then have a drink of beer. Yeah, but it's a nice WrestleMania moment because it's sort of like it's three of the biggest it's, guys in the in the company's history. It's the three biggest guys in the yeah. company's history. Let's be fair. Yeah, the three, the three, the three biggest guys of WrestleMania history. Yeah, as well. You know, it's it's a massive yeah. moment. It's a, it's a nice nostalgic like moment where you know it's like, are we going to see the Rock again? What's he going to do? He obviously thought, well, potentially there could have been some sort of fisticuffs. There could have been like a little you know disagree, but never yeah. was thankfully. And it was just a nice moment for the crowd. I mean, the crowd obviously were proper up for it. It proper got the crowd going. I think the, the, the okay, the promo might have gone a bit too long, but it certainly served its purpose for what it did, which was hyping up the mat. The for, for the first match was obviously you know, I would yeah. say in any other year would be main event level. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hyping. To be fair, I, I, it's hyping the crowd up for WrestleMania. It's it's a big number, you know, number thirty. The one thing that it is not, though, is what Michael Cole called it, which was the greatest moment in WrestleMania history. No. It's not the greatest moment in WrestleMania history. It's a promo. The greatest moment in WrestleMania history would happen at the end of a match. This is it. So. For me, he's, he's half right, though. It is one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history, but it's not. It's one of the greatest things in WrestleMania history, might I add. It's one of the greatest nostalgia moments in WrestleMania history. It's not... It was there. That spot was specifically done. That promo was specifically done to get the crowd done for a nostalgia pop. Yeah. So absolutely. That, it, it had nothing to do with someone's achievement on the card. It had nothing to do with how good somebody's match was. Well, even a particular spot. You know, it was just literally like, oh, look, he did this. Oh, look, I remember him. I remember him. And... Oh, wow, they can still go on the microphone. Yeah. Sort of pop. It was just nice. It was a nice to see you pop. Yeah. And yeah, Colt was partly right, but he was also partly wrong. Like you say, it was not a classic WrestleMania moment per se. I mean, it's not brought up to this day, really. You'll see it on promo packages. Things like that. You obviously see the moments of like title wins, match spots. Like, for example, Jeff Hardy nearly dying. On that uh, belt spear, um, things like that. Basically, I mean, it was a nice moment. Don't get me wrong, but like you say, it was it it it, it is put on a bit of a pedestal more than it should be, even to this day. Um, it, it, it basically, like you say, it was there just to hype up the the crowd for the first match. Which, if you think about it, if it takes half an hour a half an hour promo with three legends to hype up the show, you might have a bit of an issue. I think we all know the reason they had this, this half-an-hour promo because they wanted the crowd to cool down from the dark match they had beforehand. 
which is a fight-off tag team elimination match for the tag team championships. Where the Us- yeah, the Usos defeat Los Matadoros, the Real Americans, and Rybaxel. So there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, is, that is WrestleMania caliber. Yet yeah, matches such as Austin Aries you, versus you, Devil you, can't get on the card. <laughs> the Usos. WrestleMania pre-show, uh, pre- day one-ish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that happens this year, I'll feel so bad for him. I mean, obviously we're talking a bit more current now, but the Usos have been... Have, what a fucking year the, the, the Usos have had. Let's be honest. They deserve to be on that main card. And high up too. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I hope so, but I, I'm, got da- much, I'm dubious. We've got too much to do. We've got too much to do for tag titles to matter. Yeah, this is true. But... <laughs> oh. again, it's seven hours long. They'll get it in somewhere. Yeah, yeah I just hope it's. I just hope. I just hope it's on the main card and not some bullshit place at the beginning of the pre-show, where there's about half the crowd in their tops. They yeah. deserve better than that. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Speaking well, of matches, Daniel Bryan. We'll jump into the first match. So, of course, we have Stephanie McMahon out first in her business suit with leather shorts, which I don't understand why. She looks a bit of a strange look. bit of a strange look. Introducing the king of kings, he says with quotation fingers, and her weird little necktie thing. That's just really weird. What is a bit strange for me is obviously you've got Trip- Stephanie McMahon coming out. Obviously, yeah, he's Triple H's better half. You know, he says in air quotations. Um, yet, he has three young women. He does. Do you know who they are? I do know who they are. Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Really? Yes, they are. You can I tell. I didn't know one of them was Alexa Bliss. I knew the other one two. of them. I you can right side. You can see the tattoo on the ribs, and you know it's Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, Sasha Banks, you can tell by the hair, pretty much. And Alexa just, Bliss is a bit more difficult. Yeah, because she just looks like a standard blonde because of the mask and stuff. But like, if you look at it a bit, you go, like, "Oh yeah, I see it now." Sort of. Yeah. Thing. You say if you look at it until your head a little bit, you do realise it's Alexa. But right. it def- it's definitely Alexa Bliss. Um... But what you got to realise, you've got these three young, promising women coming in, in NXT, and then Stephanie McMahon's not part of it, and it seems a bit strange to me. You see, I understand it because, I mean, they could uh, they could have been anyone at the time. You know, you've no idea if they're actually going to make it at this point. But what is very strange is Triple H comes out as the King of Kings with these three young women that are supposed to resemble, I'm assuming, um, you know, like... Like Vestal Virgins. Yeah. I was... Uh, yeah. They're almost supposed to be like, um, you know, Princess Leia, and she's Jabba the Hutt's slave type of thing. I get yeah. what you mean, yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be like that. And it's like, so your wife is in the ring... There's three much younger girls <laughs> all helping you out. What are you saying? Might, I, you add, might, I, might I add not wearing up very much. Exactly. <laughs> what are you doing, Trips? What are you saying to your wife? <laughs> Just a tidbit on this match as well. It's the first time Triple H has competed in the open, opening match of WrestleMania. 
Mm. Still nearly half an hour into the fucking show, but there you go. Well, at this point, I've got it on 30 minutes and 40, well, 50 seconds. Yes. All right, if I can see properly. Yeah, it's about right. I mean, like, obviously, like yeah. I say, the promo was almost half an hour long. The entrance, the entrances themselves, or Triple H's namely, takes about four minutes. It's so much pageantry. Mind you, what do you expect with Triple H at WrestleMania? You know, you're going to get something yeah. similar this year. Is that, and you've got like, the, the, the mile-long ramp, don't forget. Oh, yeah, the this... ramps are always about six, five, six miles along. You know, this where... is an issue I'd had with this, to be fair. I have been with every WrestleMania about this, this stupid long ramp, but Triple H does all this, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, for his entrance. The man's hardly been wrestling the whole year. And then Daniel Bryan comes out to his standard entrance. And I'm like, I'm sorry, should we not have done something for the only guy anyone is watching the show for? The Allow only me guy to... we give a shit about. And he Allow me to retort on that. Standard entrance. On the contrary, that makes a shitload of sense. Because, obviously, Triple H is only wrestling once or twice, so it's a big deal, and he does come out, and he does wrestle at this point. At the same time, Daniel Bryan is going up against the authority. The fact that he even has a job at this moment in time, the fact that he even has a entrance, to an extent, is at the will of the authority. So... To try and make Daniel Bryan look as small as possible to make the, you know, because basically, you know, it's to make Daniel Bryan look as small as possible, make his chances look as bleak as possible, have it have this grandiose entrance, making, you know, Triple H seem even larger than life than he already is, makes sense. And it makes, it puts over the story of Daniel Bryan being the little man going up against this big authoritative figure. And his story, which is foretold throughout, which is told throughout the whole night, starts on this point and obviously builds up and builds up and builds up. So the fact that, like I say, Triple H wrestling only a couple of times a year, getting this grandiose entrance because it's a big deal, he's even in the ring, does make sense. Hmm. I know, I, I do. I understand. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. It's just, like I say, to me, at the end of the day. You know, like they say, oh, it's lucky that he's got a job and this and the other. Just by the merch he sells, we all know that there's no way they'd fire him anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, I suppose that's part of the problem of what you call, you know, say he's being a smart. Yeah. Is you know, I'm, I'm, I'll happily withhold my disbelief for so long, but because I do know, uh, I, I like to think that I know how the business works, mm-hmm. even though I don't. It, that's what leads us to then question these things. But it's part of the fun, isn't it? If you obviously think that you're in the know, and you can think, right, I can predict yeah. this, I can predict that, I can predict the other. And it's a really nice feeling when you're wrong. It's a weird yeah. thing It's a wrestling fan. In, say, for example, in football or any other sort of sport, I'm not like I'm not so comparing wrestling to an actual sport, but because it's sports entertainment, you know, but football, you want to predict it, you want to be right. Whereas yeah. wrestling, you want to predict and you want to be wrong. Yeah, it's a weird, true. it's a weird one. To uh, jump in here, going back to uh, Daniel Bryan's entrance, I think I was about to say the same as Paul, really, with the um, sort of like Daniel Bryan being the underdog. And like, if, for me, if anything, they should have had like him going into this match with normal entrance, so it's this 
I've done our truth and have him walk out with no music and everything. Well, this is it. Obviously, you know, he's up against the authority, the authority in charge of the day-to-day running of the WWE. Who's to say he has to have an entrance? Just have then, the whole screens dark. That would have been brilliant. They could have done it. They have him do the have the massive entrance in the main in the actual main event. There is that yeah. as well. So. There is that as well, but what I found as well, obviously there was obviously they were telling the story of the underdog. It was the underdog WrestleMania this year, and it was even better so But how how bad how strapped up Daniel yeah, Bryan was selling yeah. the shoulder. It it just again it adds a little bit of it adds a little bit of seasoning to the underdog story. Just you know, think yeah, you got you got Triple H coming out the grandiose coming out like Shao Kahn. You know, and then you've got little Daniel Bryan with a busted up shoulder. How the hell is he going to beat this massive, great big man with the all the power of the WWE behind him? Yes, yeah. you know it's it, it's a brilliant, brilliant setup for this match. Watching it now, I had the scene of Triple H just smirking, and then sort of that thing as you were saying it. It's like here's what Vince wants, and it's like here's what the people want. Mm. Yeah, this is it. It's... Well, but, yeah. That, I mean, the promo that builds up to the match, actually, it, in main, I thought that did a very good job of telling the story. Yeah, the power um, the power versus the people, basically. Yeah. It's the story of this whole WrestleMania. You know, the people, we, the people are the WWE. We are going to take control of the WWE. Yeah. And they'll probably be like, no, fuck off. It's our WWE and we'll do exactly what we want to do, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'll tell you what you what you will like. Yeah, and this was basically the whole story of the night. But obviously, it started off with this uh, thirty minute match. Um, as we started, obviously, you know, the crowd were proper. Obviously, Brian was over, over. He was absolutely over. Oh, I, I, to be fair, he was over that much. I was quite. I, I was almost shocked because I remember watching this and thinking, "Yeah, Daniel Bryan's over," but he's like. It's, it's insane how over it yeah, is. Yeah, it's the, like. It's, so go on, it's, I don't want to say it's not like any. You know, it's it's he's like rock levels of over. You know, Austin level of over. I'd and even go beyond that. Got that far. I'd go know. beyond that. I mean, obviously, you got the panning shot of the hard cam. Yeah. I, there's some amazing visuals in this on the on this night, especially when Daniel Bryan's in the ring, where everyone's doing the yes chant and pointing up into yeah. the air, and it's everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody is doing it. It's just see waves of people. It's like a Mexican wave on steroids. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's some amazing video. Everyone's just shouting yes. Everyone's pointing yeah. up to the sky with both hands. It's like wow. How over is this guy? How good a visual is this? You know, yeah. it, it's it's staggering. And for me, it's one of the things that sticks out this whole night is how over Daniel Bryan is, and this how how involved the crowd feel in this yeah. storyline. Just to be like, yes, yes, and everyone is on their feet doing it. Yeah. It just adds like a whole different level to this. Well, to this, the two matches that Daniel Bryan is in. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we also yeah we got it's there's some awesome like 
spots in this match. You know, it's a classic, the classic speed versus and technical versus power, and impact sort of match. Yeah, you know, I think it, I think they did a good job of telling a story in this match. Um, you know what? There, like you say, there are some really really good spots. Um, I mean. <laughs> Well, you had a nice spot where it was a really, really, really long crossface spot, which is reversed oh. into, into their own version of the crossface. Yeah. I mean, that was brilliant. It obviously leads to a rope break. Um, I'll say, well, I think one of my favourite spots was the... I don't know where everybody's up to, but it was um, the Tornado DDT off the apron. Yes, nice DDT now, off the apron, It doesn't look like apron, he gets yeah. all of it, but it's like... I actually really didn't expect him to pull to, to try that. You know what I mean? With the injured shoulder and whatnot. I thought, ah, he's not going to do that. Yeah, okay, mm. that was cool. <laughs> there was a scary spot, though. I did notice, obviously, you know, tr- you know, Daniel Bryan did some absolutely insane sent on off the top. Yeah. And it looked like Triple H missed the catch. He did. He properly he clearly missed did. It. Yeah. Michael Cole covers for it, but he clearly did. Yeah, it was, it was not nice. I mean, it looked fucking horrible. And for me, it took a bit of wind out of him, I think. But he yeah. recovered well. Well, he recovered he was well. Still, yeah, Triple H did a good job there as well as staying down. You know, like, it was almost what I call it his ring awareness, not that they were in the ring, but he must have clearly known he missed catching him so that he's going to be a little bit winded, so I'll stay down a little bit longer. You know, yeah, than... make it look like he caught me a little bit, maybe, and just like, yeah. sell it, yeah. Because yeah, one of the things sense. that I hate is where, like, say something like that happens, or even if somebody connects cleanly with a move, and then the guy who just had the move doesn't do him gets up first. Yeah, <coughs> it's it like makes I'm the sorry, move look you, like shit. Yeah, it just makes it look weak, and it's like, no, that's just wrong. Yeah, it just makes it all look shit, and to me, it just doesn't doesn't it doesn't put the guy over, it doesn't put the move over, it just makes it all look silly and exposes yeah. the business. Um... It's like how I was saying to you, I think you both joined uh, for Wrestle Kingdom and someone did uh, some sort of moonsault or some, some flip to do off the, off the um, scaffold or some sort of truss thing. Yes. And they lift them, but they put their arm out. Yeah, was it Will Ospreay? Probably Will Ospreay. Yeah, because like, I, remember, I remember laying into the bastard. <laughs> And it's like your arm doesn't do anything. This is it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was well off spraying that that cruiserweight clusterfuck of a match, where everyone was giving it five stars, and I'm like, "What? Why are you flipping? Why? <laughs> Flip you do, bro? Yeah, exactly. It was like when I watched. Uh, I was at a piece of review show one time. There was a guy on who did like a running shooting star press, and you could tell he knew he was gonna miss it, so he just literally stuck his arm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a crock of shit why don't you just punch him <laughs> you're going to yeah. use your arm just go up to him and just punch him in the face it's the shooting star clothesline while the guy was down <laughs> <laughs> right Jesus fucking terrible isn't it speaking of fucking like... terrible Stephanie in this match can you oh, please yeah. shut up just shut the fuck up 
to be fair, I wouldn't mind if she was saying anything useful or like, but she, it's like she's coming out with all kinds of utter garbage. She's shrieking. She's not even just shouting. She's shrieking. <laughs> just oh, it's just load of shit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't really. It was all. It most most of this match was all Triple H. Most of this match was Triple H being on top, targeting the shoulder, ripping fuck out the shoulder. Uh, Daniel Bryan basically puts a few massive like, impact moves, such as the suicide dives to the outside. Yeah, the suicide dives are cool. I mean, there's a really nice spot while Triple H is working the arm on the announce table. Yes. As well, that uh, where he goes for a pedigree, Daniel Bryan blocks it, so he does like, basically arm ringers the arm and then drop, jumps off the table, slamming his shoulder into the table. I was like, yeah. that's that's really smart booking. You know, I don't need to see someone go through the table. No. You know what I mean? Well, that's not Triple H's game plan. What do you gain from putting someone yeah. through the table if you target in the shoulder and the arm? Yeah. You know, plus there's another few matches ago, and you might use that table later. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's only, you, don't, you don't want to blow your load just yet, you know. We'll, no. we'll tease it, you know, we'll tease it. We'll, we'll, we'll use it as like, oh, this is my strategy. I could use the edge of the table. <laughs> but yeah, um, it kind of, a... uh, it turned really quickly, didn't it? Towards the end, towards it being advantageous to Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it, uh, the, the finish was incredibly quick. Yeah. It, you know, it went from Bryan's kicking out of a pedigree uh, to... You know, he's winning. Well, this is it. You had the um, what I thought was an awesome little spot was a spinebuster counter into a pedigree. Yes, that was br- love. That was fucking lovely. I mean, I enjoyed that. I mean, it's not often you see it. No, it's yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I've, yeah, just, um... I've just watched Daniel Bryan the bit where he goes for like some, it looks like a bulldog on the apron and then trips just slammed him down. Yeah, that was... I'm in shoulder. Yeah, I mean, it was great selling just on the shoulder again, just, you know. Yeah. It's a great storytelling yeah. just to... The hardest part of the ring. <laughs> yeah, the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> yeah. It has to be done. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel Bryan eventually does come out on top in this match. It obviously, does. you know, to carry on the story, because... Obviously, there was a stipulation in this match that the winner of this match goes on to the triple threat match at the main event of WrestleMania um, for the World Heavyweight Championship. And, yeah, Brian wins it because it was a stipulation, obviously, in the match that he wins. He goes on to the main event now. But yeah. he is fucked up. And I believe, yeah, he gets the win. He gets the win. Running knee in 2558. 25-58, and it did not feel like it. No, the finish is really cool, to be fair, because it's... Triple H goes for that underhook suplex that he does at the beginning. You know, the underhook German. Aye. It's a jackknife pin, pedigree reversed, running knee. It's all over, type of thing. Sort of out of nowhere, and it was fucking great. The crowd's reaction was insane. You see, I felt differently about this match, because I thought... Part, I don't know if it's just what I was watching, but 
the crowd didn't seem loud. Like, I can see that they're all into it because they're stood up, yeah? But it's like, the ending, they're all into it. But while Triple H is in control, they don't seem to think Brian can lose. There is that. But say, obviously, you know, they're not going to start off the show... Well, they could have done, actually, if you think about it. You know, yeah. the thing, so the, the main event would have been pretty shit with three authority guys as the main event. Yeah. So you knew for a fact Triple H wasn't going to win this match, if you think about it like a smart. But, yeah. you know, that's obviously why, you know, everyone was chanting, like, you know, Daniel Bryan ain't losing this match. But don't also forget, they've just burnt themselves out fucking for the promo at the beginning of the show. They've just burnt themselves out for Daniel Bryan's entrance. So they're going to have yeah. a bit of a breather part way through the show just to bring their energy levels back up. And for me, even so, they, they made some noise. Bearing in mind, the end of this match was an hour into the main card. True, true. They've it's been there like two hours already. Yeah, and this is the first match. So, you know, yeah. the fact that they're still making that amount of noise consistently for an hour, good fucking going if you ask me. Because they've not yeah. had a breather. They've not really had a breather. For the record, this match is also the longest match on the card. Yes. I'm so, not shocked. Yeah, which adds to the performance of Daniel Bryan through this night, which we will I will talk about towards the end of this car, the end of the show. Uh, yeah. but, what did you think about the afters after the match? Perfect. Needed? It was needed. Really? I think it was needed because it again sells the fact the the underdog story of how much the odds are against Daniel Bryan coming away from WrestleMania with this championship. Yes, he may have got through Triple H, but Triple H is going to make sure he doesn't win the belt. Yeah. And that was the story that we're trying to tell. So, yeah, you got through me, but you're not going through empty... You're not going through unharmed. And basically, yeah, yeah. you know, you had this thought throughout the whole match, that the card then, going, is he going to win? Is he going to actually be able to take part in this match? Is Batista going to, you know... Because it weren't going to be Andy Orton, we all knew this. It was Batista. Yeah, yeah, is Batista going to win? So you know, you think because it was reasonable doubt there, because obviously Batista had just come back. You know, he put, they pushed him to the moon straight away, which I thought was oh yeah, wrong. comes back and wins the rumble. Like, yeah, fuck off. Night. Yeah. You know, it's it's stupid. So, but yeah, I thought the beatdown was needed for, for a bit more believability, if anything, for the fact that, you know, are we going to... Is, is Daniel Bryan going to be able to make it to the end of WrestleMania? Yeah. Um, as for the match itself, I gave it 4.5 out of 5. It was that good. I genuinely yeah. thought it was that good. The action was great. The crowd were great. The entrances worked. The storytelling was fantastic throughout... I really couldn't put, off, you know, apart from the drop, the, the dropped um, sent on, not really much at fault in my eyes, unless I've missed something. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to stick at four point five out of five for that match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It is definitely one of the better matches on the card, I think. I agree. Um, story. Oh, I can't disagree with that. Uh, you know. Like just constant Triple H constantly working over the arm, like doing the little key lock submission and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's just the little touches that make a lot of difference. I, mean, I think we touched on that on another, on another show. It's just the little tiny little nuances that bring up the storyline and bring it up to a level. It's the little things that you notice, like which obviously you know was it the Chris Jericho match where he was targeting the um, what body part was it Triple H's leg. Constantly throughout the whole match, 
Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's still yeah. things like that, you know, it's like the way the moves are tweaked so they land on certain parts of the body. Things like that add to the storytelling. It, this match had bucket loads of that. Absolute bucket loads. Yeah, I can't I see it. Do, it does. It it does tell a good story. It does have a lot of storytelling. You know, I, 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 I can't fault. I can't fault your scoring other than I don't know. I don't. I I didn't feel like Triple H was ever a threat. Which I, at no point did I, even watching it live, did I think Daniel Bryan might lose. It was there, there is guarantee that. he's going to win. I know he's going to win. I can't. There's no suspension of my disbelief. Mm, this is the smark in us coming out, though, isn't it? The smark. That, so that, smart. That's it, it, damn, damn right. It is. It's like, mm. and that's part of the problem. Like you know, in most matches, you know, I, I, we're, we're going to be pessimistic. I mean, if you think about listening back to when we watched the Rumble, we were like, no way, Shinsuke's winning. No way. They've just treated him like crap. There's no way he's winning. There's no way he's winning. Oh, he's going to win. Oh. And, and then when yeah. it happened, we all ejaculate, ejaculated everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's, it's exactly. one of them. Speaking of... Uh, well, anyway, I don't say that. Coxie, what did you think of the match in general? Really good. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, certainly for an opening match of Mania. There's been, there's, opening matches of Mania, it's always one of them where it can either be really good or really shite, or the sort of throwaway. But I think there was Matt. There's a Mania Me and Bunker watch one year. It was, was it the 23 or 24 Bunker? It was uh, Del Rio Edge. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know which one you're on about. Um, 27. 27, even then. <laughs> 27, yeah. Might be. Yeah, it is 27, yeah, because it was, sh- yeah. This is for a belt, and it was garbage. Yeah, I mean, we've been very lucky with the three WrestleManias that we've picked so far. The first matches have been fucking sublime. Yeah, they have. I mean, to be fair, like, this is the bit... This, this, you know, the match we've just watched was the most high-profile of the three. Yeah, agreed. Um, But, you know... like you say, it's a good match, and it wouldn't have looked out of place later on in the card. Agreed. For sure. For sure. I think they didn't have a choice, because obviously with the booking decision of what they did, I don't think they had a choice really, but to put it on that part of the card. So, you know, it's one of them. But yeah, again, yeah. it worked out as a great way to pick, you know, for a pace setter for the show. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, we really brought it straight back down again, straight after. Uh, yes, the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this about in quicker time than the match time was. Hopefully, um, <laughs> yeah, New Age Outlaws and Kane versus the Shield. It was basically a massive fucking squash match. Yeah, it was crap as well. It wasn't even a good squash match. It was crap. Yeah, it was just fucking awful. Anything to take away from it, Coxie? Because be honest with you, nah. We have. It reminds me of what's it called, Bert's, uh What's it called? In with a tash. Not helpful. He was in Longish Yard, Bert Fingy. Bert Reynolds. Bert Reynolds, that's the one. Yeah. I play Jerry Fireball Mudflap. It's garbage. Pure mm-hmm. garbage. 
<laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's summed up. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much. Mind, but it's all right. It's, it's, it's actually on my TV screen now, and it's just botches. Well, yeah, it's literally punches, spot, 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 botch, spot, 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 finish. Yeah, yeah. But I will admit the triple, um, the double triple power bomb was quite nice. The double triple power bomb. The double triple power bomb. So she'll get the win in yes. two. It's the shortest match on the card. Yeah, yeah. one out of five because it was barely a match. I wouldn't even give it a one. Mm. I wouldn't nope. give it a one. It don't count to me. It had a wrestling move. It got a one. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> um, we had some promo with of a, a Slam City advert for Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw, Jim Dubbin, Ted DiBiase, and Ricky Steamboat. It was yes. fucking awful. Meh. Two grown men play with toys. Two yeah. more men. Kid. And then a third man walks in and says, damn. Yeah, yeah. we all know who. <laughs> Answers on a postcard. <laughs> I'm guessing that's how it describes him. It's like, put your gear on. Why? Because you're going to stand here and play with toys for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Is it, is it another gimmick battle royal? No. Well, thank fuck for that. What's <laughs> laughing how much how much you get paid for just with toys for 30 seconds? Well, like, we'll give you 50 grand. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. If somebody offered me uh, 50 grand to play with some toys for 30 seconds, I would do it. <laughs> I cannot say I disagree. <laughs> of I, course do, I do. I do. I do that shit for free. <laughs> it must be a battle royal match. Oh, absolutely! Yes, we have the first ever Andre the Giant battle royal, otherwise known nowadays as your shit break match. The the Andre the Giant battle royal, whatever. The problem with it is, it means nothing. The only time it's ever mattered was when Baron Corbin won. Purely because every time he came out from then on, he was announced as the winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And that gave it, that made it seem like it mattered. And then they went, ah, oh, now Mojo Rawley's winning this year. Even Andre. worse than that, it was on the pre show last year. Yeah. It was on the fucking pre show. So yeah. obviously that's how much they think of this Battle Royal. And then they thought to themselves this year, oh, obviously we'll be back to this year. I know, we have one Battle Royal we really don't give a flying fuck about. Why not have two? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, there's a controversy with that match, which we may talk about on the podcast, I reckon. We'll save it for then, I think. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, we have um, everyone's in the ring apart from two people for this Battle Royal. Or they start coming out to the ring with the no entrance fees, apart from Big Show oh, and yeah. Sheamus. Yeah, they get their entrances in. Everybody else is already there. Lobster head. Yeah, the old lobster head theme tune. Uh, Brad Maddox is in this match. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, Brad Maddox. I've just noticed from from the outset, as soon as everyone starts brawling, Titus O'Neil starts kicking fuck out of Darren Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Excellent. <laughs> oh dear! But it, it it exposes so bad. I mean, Battle Royal. Okay, Santino has the Cobra. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, you have Tyson Kidd in pretty early. I think it's Tyson Kidd. He's wearing some sort of... Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, he does. A, he just flipped the Ubros and just lands on people for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let, let's, let, let's, lay, let's leave our feet in a Brattle Royal. Clever man. 
Yeah. So yeah. Um, to be fair, this match is a load of shit. It's just a load of load of shit, yeah. Uh, Sandow does about when he gets thrown out the ring. Does about three. Four, I'm just picking out spots now that I've written down. I mean, like, uh, what's it now? Sandow when he gets eliminated, he does about three backflips before yeah, leaving uh, the ring. Not shocked. <laughs> he, Wait, know, he just oversells Del like a motherfucker. Del Rio is in this match. Yes, that's the how much he's a champion. Yeah, that's how much his stock had slipped at this point. It's because he's a wanker. Because he's shit. Well, that too, but he's also a massive tool. Well, the thing about uh, Del Rio is he's got the Randy Orton syndrome. And what I mean by that is 99% of the time he is fucking bland. He is garbage. He, you know, he's a waste of space in that ring. Yeah. As soon as he wants to turn it on for that 1%, he's amazing. He's one of the best in the world at what he does. That is the problem. It's getting him motivated to do that. I know what you're saying. I mean, I don't... To be fair, but I don't think he's been very good for a long time. But, like, I just... Everything about his WWE run, it could... It's like his character at first when he was, you know, the rich aristocrat who, you know... You know, I'm made loads uh, you know I'm from money and I'm Mexican and this that and the other they bailed on that really quickly it suddenly it stopped being that he was rich it just he came out in the car and he has an announcer and then they bailed on that and then he was just him it was like alright oh, okay so why do we care we don't oh and yeah, then he was just... like uh, yeah we don't know what to do with you so you gone yeah and you're just like, a blind oh, we're talking you're, about, you're just a blind we're rich about bringing him back yeah. Why well, are we bringing him back? <laughs> to do what? Ruin somebody else's life? Hmm. Uh, interesting tidbits on this one. It's the the only WrestleMania match of Yoshitatsu, Brad Maddox, Broders Clay, and Aksama. And Jindam Hall to date, to this point, or whatever. Oh, I can to... believe it. Alright, fair enough. Um, Not on main card anyway, because Jindam Hall was in that Battle Royale crap from last year, wasn't he? This is also the last the last WrestleMania match for the Carly, Drew McIntyre, Santino, Justin Gabriel, David Tunga, Rey Mysterio, and Layla. Oh, okay. Well, Layla, later on, even. Well, Layla uh, was 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 she valley yeah. uh, Fandango? No. At this point, the, match later on, I think the Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, women's battle royal match later. All right, I'm getting God's confused. Sake. It's oh, the first, it's first page. Sell the Cobra. First pay-per-view match for Xavier Woods. Yes, it was. The only pay-per-view match for Brad Maddox. Because <laughs> he was <laughs> First appearance for Hunico with Sin Cara since Hell in a Cell 2011. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, aye. Um, but yeah, this match... Um... It's the drizzling shirts. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Sheamus does kill Fandango, which is not a bad thing. Um, but then you also got Kofi Kingston doing his usual shite. Even the Miz yeah. is in the match. Yeah, the Miz, the Miz. The Miz gets eliminated with a Cobra. Yeah, again, how far the stock had slipped at this point. Three three years ago, main event in. Yeah, that this was the main year. event of WrestleMania, going out of the... Um, Andre the Giant Battle Royal to a Cobra by a comedy character. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that tells you his stock at the time. 
Um, Cesaro this... kills Rey Mysterio with an uppercut, which was cool. Cesaro's been kicking fuck out of Sheamus with uppercuts repeatedly. Yes, that as well. He just kills... Again, Cesaro is killing bitches in this match, basically. This is his role. He just yeah. kills bitches in this match. He well, just knocks the hell out of people. You know, you got um, Kofi finally is um, assassinated by Sheamus. Is the crowd shouting yes, or are they doing the da 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 da? The Fandangoing. Ah, excellent. Yeah, back when Fandangoing was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Fandango was properly over on his own. Apart from being yeah. properly over now as a part of the Fashion Files. Was it this year it started, the whole Fandango thing? It, yeah, the it might before. well have been. Oh, the Fandangoing thing, yes. But Fandango was a part of the roster because he debuted at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho. Yeah, and went over. Yeah, went over. Look where Look that what went. that did for his career. Yeah, but the thing is, though, the guy can go, and he's actually quite a good wrestler, and oh, he yeah, actually I quite has like a really him, good gimmick. He has a really good gimmick, um, which is per- and even now his gimmick is absolutely amazing with Bree Zango. You know, yeah. it's, I enjoy it, and they deserve more. And I hope they are in the tag team clusterfuck that is going to happen at WrestleMania. Um, speaking of clusterfucks, we have this match still going on. Um, you know, Sheamus and Del Rio, some reason, eliminate each other, which I think was a potential botch, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, because you're... Wait, <laughs> I thought Sheamus won this thing. Not oh, Sheamus. we're getting there. Well, Cesaro wins it. Does he? But yes, yeah, so if we're going to go to that point now, yeah, Cesaro does win, because the last two in this match are Cesaro and Big Show. Now, normally, in these sorts of matches, the people that get their own entrance tend to be the ones that win. So you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, Big Show or Sheamus is winning this because they're the only ones with their own entrance. Then, Cesaro genuinely does something properly impressive and power slams Big Show over the top rope. Right, okay. So trying to, are they trying to recreate the almost like the Hogan... Yes, they try to do Slavic the Hogan Andre thing. Yes, so they try to recreate it, but obviously they can't. Just, the finish of the match wouldn't have been just to power slam him in the middle of the ring. They actually had to get him out of the ring, and to do so, they power slammed him over the edge of the thing onto the apron and bounced him on feet first. Right. So um, yeah, uh, the way I actually wrote. I actually put Cesaro wins by fucking power slamming Big Show over the top rope because it was legitimately impressive at the time, and still is to this day. Because the guy's it got the guy's a lump. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the fact that he got him up to that point to get him to slam him over the top rope. You know, he, he the guy's legitimately over four hundred pounds. It's a big, big lift. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. To do to do oh, that definitely. and to do that and in a, a safe, controlled manner. You know, yeah. you've got to give props to Cesaro for that. Even if the match was a load of shite. Oh nice. Mm. So, yeah. so there was a, there was a few nice spots in it. I quite enjoyed it to an extent, which leads to my rating of two point five out of five. Because it was all right. There was a few nice moments in it. Like the, I remember to this day, Cesaro dumping um, Big Show over the top rope. 
Um, looking back, I do obviously think there's obviously a few good spots in it, like, you know, Rey Mysterio getting absolutely his head fired off by Cesaro. Notice all these spots involve Cesaro. Um, <laughs> basically, Paul is using this match to gush about Cesaro. <laughs> pretty much, basically. Uh, this was Basically, this match was the Cesaro show. And it was awesome. Really, I, for him, it was awesome. So I'm rating it on just him alone, effectively. Um, like I said, 2.5 out of 5. The match was great. He'd had some great spots. Cesaro got a million dollars. Like I say about people sometimes, it's like if you had older, older Cesaro's dick any harder, you'd be, you'd be his nutsack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to replace my own donor. I just noticed on the replay they showed um, Kofi where he got thrown over that the the, um, the ring post and sort of still had his feet on the bloody the yeah, yeah. I call it the Kofi bullshit spot. So can we not leave that for the Rumbles rather than a Mania Battle Royal? Any oh. Rumble, any it's we cut to the point now. It's any Battle Royal in any situation for any prize. So Kofi Kingston is a guarantee. He's going to be in that spot and he's going to do that stupid little bleeding, you know parkour crap that he used to do and John Morrison used to do you know all this shite it's stupid and someone just needs to here's the thing if you're going to get rid of Kofi Kingston throw him towards the entrance there's nothing to hang on to there he'll he'll land stood on some pancakes (laughs) he'll land on a camp He'll land on a cameraman next, won't he? And the cameraman will just carry him round, thinking he's a camera. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be some kind of, some rubbish. I mean, I remember the first time I saw a Royal Rumble, and Jeff Hardy did something like that. And I think he... Did he land... I can't remember if he landed on the apron and ran across... The, not the apron, the, the barricade and ran across it. Something like that. And that was an amazing moment. You do it every single year now. So it's not a good. Mo- it's not impressive anymore. It's like, oh look, he's done it again. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna start. Get stupid I'm... every year. So I'm gonna start calling it the Robinson spot, but it's getting watered down. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I wouldn't mind, but now you've got Naomi doing it as well. Yeah. Because she's well, a may yay yay zing. Well, no. Ring. Yeah, there is that as well. But yeah. um... Coxie, what did you think, mate? We've not heard what you thought of this match. It's a throwaway. It's a payday, isn't it, for the majority of the guys? Yeah, it's the checkbook match. Yeah. I know they're wanting to like, make it special, but like, it's the Andre the Giant bat- Memorial Battle Royal. It's like, well, yeah, he did Battle Royals at, at, at shows or whatever, and the occasional mania. Save it for the Rumble or something, or just, mm. like, it should have. Me and Bunkle have both agreed on this multiple times. You should have the winner gets a title shot or a some something. Yeah. You get a trophy. Well, it's like I remember that. I remember that after this show, right? The Cesaro, Cesaro comes out the next Monday night on Raw with Paul Heyman as his manager. That meant something. Yeah, and it lasted two weeks. Yeah, yes, that. it did. I got a new entrance theme for it as well. Yeah, um, the trophy that he got looked like a Kinder toy. Yeah, it does. It looks. It looks. It's terrible. Let's be honest. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? It's too big, 
and it looks crap. Yeah, it wasn't great. So yeah, um, what would you rate it? Anyone? Like I said, I'd put two out of five. I'd give it. Yeah. A, I'd give I'd it a two. Be generous. A two makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking at it a bit more. Than the it's exactly like you said. The, it's a, yeah, it's a spectacle, but it's it it needs to mean something. They need to get something. Yeah, I mean, even if, like, the, the order of the giant battle royal. I mean, it should be at least say, for example, you win this, you get a shot at either the intercontinental or the US belt. If you don't want to make it for the world championship, yeah, you know something like that, or even better, fuck the battle royal completely off and have a separate award for the Royal Rumble. Now, hear me out on this. Obviously, your main, your winner, gets the WrestleMania main event spot. Why shouldn't the person who gets the most eliminations in said Royal Rumble match be rewarded, not be rewarded as well? For example, arguably, in the 2001 Royal Rumble, Kane was the most impressive participant in that match. But he didn't get anything for it. The only person that got the accolades was Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, say, you know, Kane gets an award for the, the, you know, for the most eliminations at the Royal Rumble. He gets an Intercontinental or a US Championship shot because, obviously, you know, it rewards an aggressive, in a booking stance sort of thing, it rewards aggressive sort of, you know, tactics as opposed to just sit in the corner and hide under the ring or something like that. I know. Yeah. You, I, I understand what you're trying to say. Mm. It gives the use of the, the belt, if, the, the trophy, if they ever have to decide to get fuck the battle royal off, royal off because it's it's basically a waste of space. Oh yeah, the, the, this battle royal is a waste of time. But yeah, you know, let's be honest, you don't get fuck all for it. Just like, oh yeah, the battle royal winner, well, good for you. You got, got to do. You, at the end of the day, they see it as it's a way to get almost everybody on the card, give everyone a payday. Mm-hmm. And go from there, innit? That's the way they see it. You know, I'm not. I don't. But you, you could do. You could also. So you could do so much more. Like say, even if you wanted to do. This, say you wanted to do this battle royal. Like say, have them have a, an intercontinental title shot on the line. Yeah, that something makes like sense. That. Yeah, it that just gives them something to go for rather than. Oh, here's this trophy. We'll never talk about it again. This is it. Mojo Rawley won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And then wasn't seen on SmackDown for several months. <laughs> oh, right, okay. They had a spot with Gronkowski. Where did that go? Exactly. You know, it was, it's stupid. Absolutely, utterly stupid. It's so, yeah. yeah. Talking about stupid shit that happened to people's careers. John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Oh, God. Now... I've now... before this. You have... Uh, there's JBL, McCall, Jerry the King. Their, their bottles of Mountain Dew Kickstart, which they've not touched because that's the sponsor for Mania tonight. <laughs> in product placement. <laughs> this is what I believe in. You work hard, you show up on time, you stay loyal to those who support you, you respect friends and enemies. That's my stance. Liar. Here I am, having worked day in and day out for 12 years now, trying to build this. That's what I want as my legacy. And a guy like Bray, he just wants to destroy everything I've worked my life to build. 
Your heroes, children, they fight only for their own selfish vanity and greed. Hey, kids, all praise be to the virtue of hustle, loyalty, and respect. And who am I? Who am I to say that? What am I? I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Cause I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority to find often. John Cena. You remind me of one of those thoroughbred horses. And he races. And he wins. And he wins. And the people, they just cheer for him. Just remember, you are the one with everything to lose. Your time is up. on everything. I have broken you, John. <laughs> I've broken you! But if this is all there is for me, life offers, why bother even trying to put up a fight's nonsense? But I think a light bulb just lit up in my conscience. Hope is dead, as will be your legacy. Hope will be left for you, John. I take it all away. This is my So, yeah. so we have this match, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Now, I don't have much memory of this match, if I'm brutally honest. Now, there's a nice spot where it's um, where Bray Wyatt's basically telling, you know, telling well, Bray... Got, Bra- got to the entrance first. Oh, yes. There's a random yeah. lady dancing with swords for oh, Bray Wyatt. Bray has the voodoo priestess dancing with swords for some reason. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, why is that there? This is it. And a live band for Bray Wyatt. And I put in brackets in my notes, back when WWE had faith in the character. Yeah. You know, this guy was money at the time. He was over. The guy, you know. Sorry, mate? A live band, not 31, where he had the live band. No, he's got a live band. Yeah, he had the live band for number 30. This is how long Bray Wyatt's been knocking about. And he's amounted to nothing. He's well, had yeah. one mediocre WWE Championship run. This is also call it mediocre. first WrestleMania match. Yeah. I believe it is, yes. This, this is when Bray Wyatt mattered. And he, he still has the chair, he still had the compound, he still had the guys who come out with him. And it was like, yep, okay, he's still over. He still talks a whole bunch of gibberish, but it's good gibberish rather than the crappy spouts now. And 
it was, you know, the, the, even the the promo package for this match. You know, yeah. oh, I, I'm here. I, I, I'm not even here to win. I'm just here to fuck with John Cena's head. This is it, I and mean, he just wants him to take him out. And I mean, this version of Bray Wyatt was so good. Yeah, so so good. good. In my notes, I put damn. Yeah, so I put in my notes, damn. Bray needs to be this fucked up again. Twenty two thousand fourteen, Bray was so good. Twenty seventeen, eighteen, not so. He needs to come back to when he was uh, the rambling sort of uh, preacher. The the preacher sort of um, apocalypse preacher type bloody Vietnam veteran. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you were there, man. Yeah, yeah, that. Kind of, yeah, uh, I agree. I hundred percent agree. And now John Cena has come out when uh, T-shirt says, "You can't stop me from mm-hmm. burying talent." Absolutely. I mean, the whole story of this match, I believe, was that it was basically a rehash of the uh, Kane. I want. Was it your inner demon or something like that? Yeah, basically, basically yeah. John. John Cena's not a nice person deep down. It's all a front, and I'm going to make sure that he shows that he's not a nice person by letting him beat me. Yeah, and basically he's willing to sacrifice the match to win the war. Yeah. That is basically, this is how fucked he is. He's that bob. He wants to expose this truth, in air quotations, about John Cena, that he's willing to even like damage himself, i.e. loser to WrestleMania. To get this fact out there. Now, in wrestling and booking circumstances, and obviously if you're filthy casual, how more. That's basically the equivalent of, you know, blowing yourself up, basically, to get at somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of them. It's. I thought it was brilliant storytelling. You know, it's like, I, I'm fucked up, but I'm not as fucked up as you, and I'm going to make you. I'm going to get, I'm going to expose you to the world. It's like, yeah, I, I can dig this. Uh, a couple of tidbits on this match. It's the first Mania since Mania 21, where John Cena didn't have any special special entrance. Mm. Uh, it's the first Mania since WrestleMania 19, where he's not had a, a title match or taking part in the main event. Yeah, it was pretty much a throwaway, wasn't it? It was a similar sort of circumstances to what he has this year. Where he was not really involved in anything. Yeah, you see, the thing is, putting putting Wyatt in there with Cena, make, it makes sense in that you're trying to put Wyatt over, and you're trying to make him seem like a big deal because he's gone straight after John Cena, who's supposed to be our biggest star right now. The problem is, the crowd has little to no reaction for John Cena at this pay per view. The crowd love Bray Wyatt when he's the preacher chatting shit. This match is a dog to me. It's it's not good. It I don't think it tells a particularly great story. And Bray Wyatt, the actual character, suffers massively because of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, John Cena. I've, John Cena is a heat magnet. He's a sort of. He's also a heat sucker. Yeah, he'll suck your heat away from you quicker than you can think. I mean. Bray Wyatt has not been the same since this match. The the one thing this match is lacking is just JR sort of sitting there and just calling, trying to get Bray Wyatt over to bugger red. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, but, 
you, you're right in what you say. I know you may saying it as like a joke, but what you you're 100 correct in that. This needs someone who can put across how how crazy Bray Wyatt is, how different he is to everybody else. Whereas the guys who are in there who are doing the commentary are just like, oh yeah, Bray Wyatt, he's sick. He's he he thinks John Cena is evil. He's not nice. It's like uh-huh. no, that's not putting it across. You know what I mean? It's doesn't help you have like uh, JBL to, just to put in here where JBL no. there's a point in the match where it's like uh, John Cena's like punching Bray and he's doing a sort of fight club he laughing and it's sort of like JBL look at, look, look at that Michael well Maggle he's laughing he's laughing at him I don't know why but he's laughing at him he must think something's funny like Shut up, JBL. Yeah, JBL's yeah. fucking the, the, the drizzling shits, let's be honest. To be fair, this commentary team's a drizzling shits. Yeah, I mean... I mean you, you, face Jerry Lawler's terrible as it is, but, like, JBL's heel for the sake of being heel, and then doesn't actually know why the heels are heels. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, partly through this match, when you were saying that, I was like, you may as well... The way they were putting... Bray Wyatt across. They may as well got Terence and Philip from the uh, South Park, the movie, and just literally had him go, "You are a bad man." Yeah, basically, that's as far as the commentary goes. I mean, like Jerry Lawler has nothing useful to put in. He's basically like, "Oh, come on, John, John, John Cena's like a good guy," and Bray Wyatt, he he's not nice because he's not John Cena. Oh, okay then. Yeah, right. That 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 helps no one. Yeah, John Cena is a good Cole, man. Michael Cole isn't. Michael Cole is good at what he does, but he's not Jim Ross. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he a bad. Yeah, John Cena's not a bad man. He's never got anyone fired. Oh wait. Yeah, but it's like, it's like <laughs> all the way through this match when John Cena's supposed to be getting angry. He's supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be that that inner anger that you know he's trying to break out. It looks like he needs a turd. Yeah, he, he start. He's, he's like he starts grimacing, and he's like, "Oh, oh, I, I'm angry now. I'm angry, John Cena." And oh no, Turtlehead! <laughs> you, you sound like you're referring to that. Was it that one where like he, he kissed Eve? Is it Eve or whatever? Yeah. And he does the thing where he's like, he turns to the camera and is like, sort of the spit on the microphone or something. Yeah. And he looks like he's just sort of going. <laughs> yeah. I think he's. I, I, I think it's John Cena's angry face. It's also his turd face. That could also be his sex face. So just be careful. Oh, it wouldn't shock me. Might be, hey, that might be that, that that might be Nikki Bella's sex face. That's even worse. <laughs> but Nikki yes. Bella's sex face is a disappointment with herself that she's basically a whore. <laughs> Oh fucking hell! I'm gonna get us banned, Anna. Yeah, let's just get off. (laughs) Let's let's just get off this match. I mean, AA John Cena wins within AA. There wasn't really much more to talk about this match. Bray Wyatt gets on his knees at some point and says, "Finish me." Yeah, Bray Wyatt is basically asking for John Cena to beat the crap out of him, and John Cena duly obliges, but does it in the John Cena way. 
Yeah, in, I mean, it, and, Bray, Bray offered him a chair and just beat the shit out of me, which would have been a DQ, might add. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why he's doing it, isn't it? It's to prove yeah. that he's a bad man. You're this evil, John it. Cena. No, no, he just needs a pool. This is it. So, yeah, he wins with AA. You know, it was one of them. I've put a three out of five because some of it was okay. It wasn't all bad. I mean, there was potential there for a great story to be told. The, 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 be- the bedrock was there. The foundations were there for a great story to be told. For some reason, with me, it didn't really resonate. It didn't really... I don't know, it just seemed to fall short for me, the story-wise. Sort of yeah. thing. But the action in-ring wasn't that bad. There was a few decent spots in there, a few out the ring, a few in the ring. It was, there, was some, it was... there was some good action. I'll be honest, there was some good yeah. action, but the storytelling was a little bit lacklustre. Yeah, to me, the pro- I, I, I could, you see, I'd say two and a half, three, like you're saying, just because there was, yes, the potential's there for a great story. Bray Wyatt is incredibly over. The problem is, is because the story's bad, Bray Wyatt comes out looking bad. Bray mm. Wyatt needs a decent story in the match to go with the decent story he puts on outside, to me. Um, John Cena can't do it. John, yeah. John Cena's good at one thing, and if he's not doing that, he's pretty bad at everything else. <laughs> so he's good at his comfort zone and anything, but he's... Yeah, yeah I think that sums up pretty much. What do you think, Coxie? The thing is, I liked the Bray Wyatt sort of bunkle labelled it like the preacher character. I loved it when he was just chatting random shite. He was laughing at the, when he was getting hit and stuff, but then he wasn't winning anything. Like he was having these feuds and wasn't getting out. Like, he wasn't winning. He didn't win at any of them. Not a single feud did he ever come out on top of. I don't think he ever has won a feud. Yeah, I don't think he's ever gone over and won a feud. But his best stuff was his earlier stuff. Absolutely, it was. I... His best stuff was this stuff when he first started. I it's tell why he did win a feud. It was his very first one against Kane. That's oh, the yeah, only that... one he's ever won. The only but... one he's ever won was his when, when he was introduced. As far as that's going from memory, I'm not actually going to research yeah. that shit because I don't give a flying fuck. But it's like when you look at it, like when you look at, you know, they, they do sometimes it comes up on Facebook. You know, Bray Wyatt's win loss record. He's won like less than half of his matches. He's won less than thirty percent mm. of his of his matches since he started, and it's like. How does it? How it's amazing he's still as over as he is. Yeah, because there's no believability he's going to win. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, here, here we go. John Cena's won a match. He's out hugging children and hugging fans and stuff. And it's like, all oh, right, yeah. So it meant nothing. You know, this is a... Bray Wyatt should be going around and recruiting people, not losing people. You know, like the, now the Bludgeon Brothers. He should. Be, there should be twenty of them. You should be recruiting these people like zombies. Yeah, like the, like the um, what's it called, the Ministry. Yeah, yeah, exactly like the Ministry. Or even in a weird way, the Straight Edge Society. Yeah, for example, it, it, it should have been a faction. The Wyatt family should have been a faction. And they, keep, they broke it up, they brought it back, they added Strowman, they broke it up. It's like, just make up your mind. Mm. Like for this match, sir, I think it's 
it's a throwaway for me. Like it's it's standard Cena, and it's it's Bray Wyatt. Like they should have, to me, they should have called an audible and just gone Bray, you're going over. Yeah, that would have made yeah. sense. It's, it was very throwaway. It seemed very last minute. It's like, oh shit, we've got Cena. We haven't got a build for him. Who's not? Who's, who else has not got a build? Oh, you two. Imagine the reaction if if uh, Bray had won, mm. and the mm. they've had afterward of like I beat Cena at Mania. Yeah, that would have been a moment that had been remembered even to this day. Yeah, but I think right. that's, there's a reason that that hasn't happened, and why it didn't go over was potentially what happened in the next match. Yeah, I understand that. Because yeah. they didn't want really anything like a shock value to, obviously on a negative sort of side, to overshadow what happened, potentially. Or even take any light or shine off the thing that happened in the next match. Mm. It's a possibility. But yeah, move, yeah. shall we move on? Yes. yes. So John Cena gets the win in 22-25. Which was uh, okay. It, it did see it did it did see that length. It was about its length, I'd say. So, I guess two and a half from me for the majority. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we're well. I, I, I'd be probably slightly generous, but I think we're in agreement on that match. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Small footnote. Obviously, coming up next, we had the Hall of Fame sort of ceremony, sort of thing. Welcome everyone to the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Our next inductee isn't just one of the greatest ring psychologists our business had ever seen. My friends, he wrote the book on it. If you can get into that ring and make a child smile, there's nothing like it. She was a source of encouragement, strength, and inspiration to so many. She is my nemesis. She is my partner in crime. She's Lita. That just happened? How did I do all that? So I want to thank all these people that took a chance on me and saw something early on. Please join me in welcoming one of the greatest managers of all time, Paul Bear, into the WWE Hall of Fame. We want to thank the whole WWE universe for being able to share our father with all of you. It is with much humility that I joined the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2014. My hero, our icon, Carlitos Colón. Yo acepto este reconocimiento y para mí es un honor. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Reza Ramon. Hey, yo. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. He is a true WWE icon and legend. The Ultimate Warrior is a legend today, and he will continue to run into the hearts and minds of fans throughout generations to come. Where everyone gets carted out for two minutes and then told fuck off backstage. Um, 
course, the interesting note is here you have the uh, the main person from the Hall of Fame as the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. which is sad when you think back because two days later after... Well, he died two days after Mania. You I mean, he appeared on Raw and then died the next day. His final pay-per-view appearance. Yeah, if you want to... Yeah. Mm. According, from IMDb, according to Hulk Hogan, he was ordered by executives to stay away from Jim Helwig, aka the Ultimate Warrior, due to the real-life tension between them. When he ran into Howie backstage, he went up to him and apologised. Oh, fair play. I mean, yeah. at least that's peace made before two days before he died. There was, there was some poetic justice there. Yeah, that's it's. It seems all too much, too, all too coincidental to me. I don't know if um, Warrior knew he was going. He didn't look. To be honest with you, he didn't look. Yeah, he did not he look knew. healthy. He did People... not look healthy. People said it didn't look well there at the show when, like, obviously mm. he comes out and, uh, comes out on Raw and it's like they sort of keep the camera above his legs because right? like, probably he's like pretty much hobbling to the ring. Yeah. Uh, he just looked like really small and weak and like, so. Yeah. The fact that he died the next day, you know, it's a fucking miracle he even got up to the ring. It's one of them things. Yeah. The we, we're not, do we know? Do we know how he? Why he passed? Uh, I don't remember anything coming out about it. Not that I'm bothered. It's sad that he died. I can't. I think what I want to say, like a heart attack or something heart related. Yeah, I want to say it was something heart related. Um, I just remember it was like he was leaving a hotel and pretty much collapsed outside the hotel or something. Yeah, Jesus. that's what I remember of it. So yeah. Um... Very sad. Well, not sad at the time. It was obviously a celebratory sort of oh, thing. An autopsy revealed Warrior died of a heart attack caused by atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. So, right, uh, so. so I think he knew he was going. Maybe. I think he knew he was going. But yeah, um, we'll move not on to something. A bit, we'll move on something. Um, something else. Um, Daniel Bryan's shoulder being treated backstage. So we've got a little bit of an update. Basically reinforcing the fact that Triple H fucked him up the, earlier in the night to make his job even harder later in the evening. Yeah. And then I'd say we have the semi-main event next. For over two decades, it has been the lone constant in WWE. The one true certainty at WrestleMania. The streak. The Phenom! The Prince of Darkness! It is a standard that has no equal. Undefeated at WrestleMania! 21 times the very best have tempted fate. 21 times they have failed. All victims of the ultimate seduction. To be the one to end it all. Legends, giants, champions, icons have all crashed upon the rocks of this irresistible temptation. Their mangled bodies piling up with each passing year. He is truly superhuman. 21 and 0 at WrestleMania. Is there no man who can defeat this collector of souls? Obviously. The answer is no. But what about a heartless, ruthless barbarian? 
mastering in cruelty and fueled by rage. A beast, a beast incarnate, whose natural instinct is to inflict he seeks is your contempt, your disgust, your disdain, who lives by the mantra, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. No one will ever forget what he's about to do. 21 and 1. one. And then the smallest number becomes the biggest. He is the one. He is the one. Rock. Rock Lesnar, Lesnar. All good things do indeed come to an end. It's kind of pathetic, really. The last rite of a celebrated career. Yeah, co-main event, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, co-main event, semi-main event, whatever you want. I mean, the Undertaker match now, well, at this point, was one of the main events. I would say yeah. less so now, because it's kind of lost its sparkle since his defeat. But, oh, sorry, spoilers. Uh, we have um, <laughs> Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, at which point Undertaker was unbeaten at this point. Yes, 21-1. and 21-1. and yeah, 21 now, sorry, at this point. <laughs> he ends up Fucking spoilers. I was looking forward to watching yeah. that match as well, Bunkle. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> yeah, if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't seen this match, or you say you've not seen this match, you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's seen this match. Yeah. You, There's you, not really you, much you, to talk about. It was all just spot, 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 finisher, 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 yeah. finisher, spot, 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 finisher, finisher. You know, there yeah. wasn't really much to go over. To note first, you've got Lesnar. Lesnar comes out first. Standard entrance, standard Lesnar. Yeah. Mm. And then for Taker's entrance, you get the, the series of caskets with the names, the names and numbers. Yes. The victims. And Shawn Michaels, for some reason, has two coffins. Like, <laughs> did you cut him in half? Is one for his soul? It was what, the, about the the, what, what about the three for Triple H? It was the uh, the little people's court tore him, a heart, tore him in half. Yeah. Just pulled, pulled him apart. Remember that episode of Raw? Oh, yeah. You yeah. played corpses and you had the same with the man. Yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, there was, like I say, you know, I don't know if any of you two thought any different. 
there was a good story told in this match, saying how how much showing how much of an actual legitimate threat Brock Lesnar actually was during this match and how vulnerable Taker was. Yeah. In this match, it was a really good story. I mean, the way it was told, the way the facial expressions, the way Brock Lesnar was just smirking throughout the entire match, looking down at The Undertaker, quite a big yeah. chunk on the match. That it doesn't help it, with the fact um, the, the concussion there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the he thing, was concussed the fuck, wasn't he? The, the thing that got me is, it's like, Lesnar, you know, I think it's while Undertaker's entrance is going on, and Jerry the King Lawler is sat there and he goes, you know what, it'll be even more impressive if he beats the Undertaker tonight than Brock Lesnar going to the UFC and winning the world heavyweight title in only his fourth fight. No, it won't. Hmm. The Undertaker's an old man. Brock Lesnar is legitimately a decent fighter. This is it. I mean, if yeah. this match happened 10 years ago, previous yeah. this, if, if this, this match happened, happened in 2004, ago, if this had happened in 2004, we'd be looking at an absolute clinic. It'd be an awesome match. Yeah, absolutely. If this match had been in 2004, it would have been amazing. Unfortunately, Brock Lesnar doesn't really seem to care, and The Undertaker is old. Yeah, so, at this point, he's broken down. Yeah, Um it's like I keep seeing these things on Facebook. Oh, which wrestle, which Undertaker do you want to see come back at this year's WrestleMania? We are now four years removed from this where he looked incredibly old. I don't want to see the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Mm. This should have been the end. Yeah, this is. I mean, obviously, partway through this match, they were both blown up at the same time. I mean, they were knackered. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, Taker was just pretty much dead. You know, Brock Lesnar, who resembled a cloud, he was dropping that much moisture. You know, yeah. You know, it was it was bad. I mean, it was bad. There was a few good spots in this match. I mean, one that sticks out to me was when Undertaker was going for the two for the old school, which is then counted into an F five. Yeah, that spot's awesome. That was that. Sick. That is really good. That was ab- oh, it was insane. The under, I mean, it's like you see them do it with like you know the cruiserweights and stuff. The Undertaker's a three hundred pound man. Yeah, you know what I mean. And to catch him like that, it was like, yeah, okay, that's impressive. That's really impressive. <laughs> but if you notice as well, um, when it was all started, this match, the crowd was silent. Yeah, in it was eerie. It was like, yeah, it was like, oh god, we got to have all our attention on this match. You know, it was like. The Undertaker's not been had this th- such a threat in his entire career at WrestleMania. This, this is most likely the time that he's going to have the streak broken, you know. And it, it ended up being so. But yeah, you know, it it's just added something like it's like wow, it's like the whole it, whole mystique, and it added something. It, it's for me, it added something to this match. It was like. Oh, I can't. I can't bring it to words. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words. It was like, oh. I think it was like it was an anticipation. It was sort of like, like you say, an anticipation of what was going to happen, you know, and just sheer wonderment of the what was going to happen. It's legit. To be fair, it's one of the few times where you legitimately don't know what was going to happen. Yeah. 
I, I, I 100% agree, because at the time we didn't know. No one thought Taker were going to lose. To be fair, the the Undertaker was 1 to 100. It was mm. 100 to 1. You could back Brock Lesnar in William Hills for 100 to 1 at this time to win. Yeah. That's that, how. That, that, that's how well kept a secret this was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, obviously, I mean, Paul Heyman adding to it, you know, with that um, promo. Not, oh, you know, God, how good was Heyman in this match? Oh, Heyman's excellent. Oh, God, how good was Heyman? I mean, absolutely he, brilliant. He, he felt every move that, take, that Lesnar took. He, 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 was, yeah. he, he was throwing every single punch that Lesnar was punching. It was the facial expressions, the shouting, the mannerisms, everything. He was on point that match. It was yeah, like it was like it, it was it was like it was Paul Heyman's WrestleMania moment as well, and it was. Yeah, because it definitely uh, was. When obviously, spoiler alert: Lesnar hits the final F five to take her and pins him. You just see Lesnar gets up, and you just see you you just see Heyman. All elbows on the on the on the apron, hands over his face, like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you did it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost in disbelief, absolute disbelief. It was like just selling. It was like oh my fucking god, and the way the crowd cheered and then went silent. Yeah, you see, it's like it was like <gasps> sort it, of like the question is, I mean, do. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, Paul Heyman says legitimately, you know, what if it wasn't supposed to happen that way? And Brock mm. Lesnar just thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock him out. I'm gonna, you know, give him a concussion. I'm gonna do him in, and I'm gonna pin him because I'm Brock Lesnar and I can. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. What if? We don't know. But the only three, there's only three people in the world who do know: Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon would never tell you if that was supposed to happen or not. This is true. I need. I don't even yeah. think Paul Heyman knew. That's it. That's. I mean, that's it. If Paul, mm. it, it, to me, it's all. If he, if he didn't know, then his. Well, sorry. If he did know, his reaction and his selling is perfect in this match. Absolutely. If he genuinely not. didn't know, I'm not shocked. This is it. I mean, I don't even think the commentary team so knew. well. I don't, I don't even think the commentary, commentary team, though. No. It was the way... The commentary obviously, team Mac... talking like Taker's got a chance of winning this is all it. the way I mean, through. I mean, Michael Cole at the end, is obviously the free count was being counted. I, it, just the way he was talking, it was like, and the streak is, is I'm expected to say, still alive. And then obviously, as yeah. the final call, it was like, is over. Yeah. And then just silence. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, the boat, the, 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 all three of them are like... What do we do now? Yeah, this is it. All they like, do is stand up and a, give lost. a standard ovation. Yeah. What did you think, Axie? It's it was one of them. Like it was, of course, everyone wasn't sure which way was going to go. Um, like you always thought, oh, I tell you, you can't lose a streak. It's like, but then it's like, well, he's over, he's over twenty. He's hit over twenty now. So, like, is he going to retire with that perfect streak or not? You don't know. This is it. Um, then it's the like reading the some trivia and stuff. It's like the commentators didn't know the ending, and according to Justin Roberts, there was that that massive long pause at the end because they didn't know what was going on. 
because he was yeah. in, like he was in shock. There's like that famous meme of what's what's the I can't remember the guy's Ellis name. Ellis Mibber. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the eyes bulging. Yeah, yeah. He was obvious yes plant, by the way. And there was no... They didn't ring the bell at the end because they didn't know it was added in later. But then there's all these like the conspiracies and stuff you read online of like, oh, they announced it too early. Like Before the match finished, they put up a graphic saying like 21 and 1 or whatever. Yeah. It's a bit iffy, isn't it? But one thing I did notice at the end of this match... The kid, Jerry the King Lawler was um, obviously started talking again on the microphone and he says, and I quote don't know what's going on in the mind of The Undertaker which was perfectly chimed in afterwards by a, a, a member of the crowd shouting, and I quote you suck, boo <laughs> what, at Lawler? no I kid you not Um Jerry the King Lawler says, and I quote, I don't know what's going through the mind of The Undertaker, and someone perfectly, after that sentence is finished, shouts, you suck, boo. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeesh. I, when I heard, I heard that, I was absolutely wetting myself laughing. <laughs> it was perfect. I'm surprised. I, I, it's probably appeared on Botchamania. <laughs> I would not be shocked. But yeah, you need to watch this match and listen out at the end. Yeah, you need to oh, listen I out. Um, I lost my shit. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, I didn't notice it at the time when I was at my friend's house watching it because we was all in shock. We, were, I remember, we were. Sorry, I was live tweeting it, and we were all just sat here staring at each other. Like, what and do I, we do now? I had my phone in one hand, and my beer in the other, and I was like. What the fuck? Is that the fuck? Just yeah. like, it was like the air got sucked out the room. It, it, yeah. it wasn't that. It was watching. It was watching the crowd stuff, and there was just silence. And I just remember there with my phone in my hand, tweeting the silence. My God, the silence! Yeah, it was like it was. It, what was worse though was that people cheered it. So I thought they thought it was a two count. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they realised, oh shit, it's a three. Yeah, it's well. The thing is, they didn't win the bell, so mm. I, oh, well, imagine being sat up in the gods and everyone's like, you, you hear the people down the front going, "Yeah, yeah." But the ref, the only giveaway was the referee doing the sign to ring the bell. Yeah, yeah. You it's, know, it, 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 what, it, the thing is, it, conspiracies are going to run wild with something like this because, like you say, they didn't ring the bell. They didn't, you know, nobody is supposed, nobody knew, yeah, it's, and, at the end of the day, was it, 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 it is a WrestleMania moment, is the only way I can put it, it is, it, that's stunning, it's that, Unbe- almost unbelievable because you thought there's no you know what take us that old now they're gonna let him go with the streak intact as a you know it's like almost like paying homage to him they're gonna say oh you know go right up into the sunset you know sign a legends deal and blah 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 but and then it's like no Brock Lesnar just thought no I'm just gonna kill him huh there's a possibility but 
Mm. Well, no, you know what I mean. You, you, that, that's what it's like. Shit, because no, nobody other than Brock Lesnar could do that. If anybody else had beaten the Undertaker, the career would have been over because he wouldn't be able to come back from it. You know what I mean? That's why I think was it Randy Orton was supposed to beat him when he fought him at WrestleMania, and he, Randy Orton turned it down. He said no. Taker pushed it and was like, "Well, he's a legend killer, so why yeah. not kill and kill the streak?" Mm. <laughs> but then there's that thing because this is all hyped up from that UFC fight when Taker was there. And he just looks at Lesnar and goes, "Who would do it?" Yeah, yeah. True. yeah, it comes from still stem from there. Yeah, I remember that promo. Well, no, not even a promo. It was I remember the footage. Yeah. So it's it's one of them. The announcers just... are talking like Taker's died. <laughs> oh, it's the, the Owen Hart. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's it. it's one of them. You know, it, it was a decent match considering how if Taker did get concussed early or whatever. Oh, it was a uh, fucking great match. Brock did great to carry him through it, and like, mm. yeah, the... it made me think better of Brock Lesnar actually when I when I heard that the Undertaker was concussed because I expect the Undertaker to have carried Brock Lesnar through the match, but I mean, like, like we said at the beginning, the Undertaker looks old here. He looks like he's on the way out. I mean. You know, like I, when I was actually reviewing the match, my my wife comes in and she goes, "Oh shit! I didn't even realise that was the Undertaker until I mentioned it was." Mm. He looks because he doesn't look like himself. Here's the thing, though: he's old, and he's on his way out. He looks it. That was four years ago. I know. He looks like a veteran who should be main event in a gym after working on like a a bloody garage all day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what have you put down for ratings for this? I'm going to give it a four and a half simply for the shock factor. Yeah. There is that. If I, I put four. I've given it a four. Yeah. I, purely for shock factor, four. If, if Taker had won, this match would have easily been a two. It could quite, quite easily have been because it would have been like... Flush it down the toilet match. It's the same as anything else. But like you say, yeah. the moment, the history the that they've made the in this match. Yeah, the yeah. history that was made in this match. It's it's it, it's a special moment that not, if you watched it live, you're never ever ever going to forget that as a wrestling fan. Where yeah. you were, what you did. It's yeah. it's it's the wrestling equivalent of a member of the royal family dying. Let's be honest. There's that streak going. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it it's what it is. It was that it was treated that way by the fans. It was treated that way by the announcers. You know, it 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 deservedly so as well. I mean, obviously the match. You know, it was okay. It was it was it was not hard to watch. There was a few good spots in it. You know, Taker looked good and Lesnar looked amazing. Um. There's not really much else to add to that, really. Is that go watch for yourself and make your own mind up, basically, because it's one of the matches that it's on the. It, I would say it's on the uh, wrestlers' big starters, like starter pack. If you want to get a general history of WWE, it's. I think it's one of those. It's. It's essentially it's a must see match. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um. Especially from the past, like, te- definitely the past 10 years or so. 
it's one of the most important matches in WWE yeah. history in the past ten years, easily. In fact, if yeah. one, if it's, it's easily in the top, it's, I'd say I'd put it in the top three. This, the thing is, the only thing that created uh, more shock and a, and a bigger reaction was when the Miz won the title, and we ended up with Miz girl, or when Way Barrett beat John Cena at Survivor Series. And grown men cried. <laughs> There's the, the only things where you've seen crowd the crowd look like that are these moments. But this one happens to be the you know, at the biggest WrestleMania probably of all time, in the biggest spotlight of all time, with the mm. two biggest stars at the time. You know what I mean? It's in terms of part timers, these are the two guys. Yeah, these, yeah. These, these are these are the two the really big The Undertaker's twenty one, twenty two years in the making for this match. Yeah, twenty two years worth of build. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sums <laughs> it up right there. And so, oh, Brock Lesnar gets the win and conquers the streak in twenty five twelve. Which is a long match, considering you think about that it. Is long. On the card. For somebody like for the Undertaker to go that long with a concussion at that age is impressive as. It yeah, really is. I agree. And, and to be able to... Uh, I mean, for Brock to help him through the match if he's concussed as badly as was reported is... Uh, it's a testament to how good Brock Lesnar actually is at wrestling. Yeah, you mean how he can protect somebody if need be. Yeah, yeah. It's not Braun Strowman. Well, you know, if you're if you're going to need Brock Lesnar in the face, expect to take all back. But yeah, we'll move on. Speaking of fucking potatoes, I'd rather you know we'll go into we now. Well, I'd rather go and you know peel all my spuds that I've got in the cupboard than um, watch this <laughs> next match. It was a Divas Kiss Break match. The Vicky uh, Guerrero Invitational for the Divas Championship, which was basically another battle royal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh no, it wasn't. Was it? No, oh, no it was it... a. Ma- it was just a massive, like scramble match sort of thing, wasn't it? Just yeah, everyone's one... in the room ring. It's uh, just for notes on this one. Aksana's first and WrestleMania match. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's uh, Layla's last appearance. Yeah. yeah. Um... Main, I believe. Everyone's also in the ring before the match starts, and the only person to get her own entrance was the champion, AJ Lee. How it should be. Yeah, that's the way it was. And from that moment on, you realise there was only going to be one winner. Um, well, it is also AJ Lee's first Mania match. So there you go. Yeah. So I was trying to point stuff out in this match to write down, and it was just that much of a clusterfuck. You couldn't do it. Oh, I wouldn't have tried to make any notes. No, it to was awful. Fair, the- the only way that I looked at this is, is, you know, AJ Lee gets oh, is the only one who gets the entrance. That's probably because she's the only one who's really any good in ring. Yeah. And then this... I think to last year's WrestleMania, where the champion didn't even get an entrance, so and Naomi got her own entrance and ended up winning the belt. So it's like, all oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. So um, we know who's going to win. The best way to describe this match is like it's that this episode of Family Guy where um, Pete is like trying to make a fire. He's like, "Oh, I know. I'll sing. We didn't start the fire by uh, Billy Joel." And this is really 
So I'm gonna just mash. Stuff, 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 and stuff, stuff, and stuff, stuff, and stuff, 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 stuff. Oh dear. I got to feel sorry for Layla though. If obviously this was her last WrestleMania match, you know, because the Bellas possibly did the worst gut buster on Ella on Layla ever, ever seen on camera. It was awful. Oh, that's because the Bella Twins suck. Dick. Yes, they do. Um, it's like everyone's dick. I wasn't oh, even, here we go. I can say I wasn't. I wasn't aware that Eva Marie was even in the company in 2014. But she was in this match. <laughs> I'm. I've just read that now, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like she'd been around that long. Jesus Christ! This is also Emma's first uh, WrestleMania and first pay per view. Who's Emma? Emma. Oh Her first right. pay per view match. Yeah, this was in a little crazy sort of gimmick, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, the little dancing thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. which one you mean. I'm but trying yeah. to make sense of what's going on while this is on my TV, and I cannot. It's impossible, mate. So I wouldn't even try. Um, I mean, the Bellas face off at some point, and get, Brie gets rack attacked, which is, you know, one of the most brain-dead, stupid moves I've ever seen. Because you take the full impact of the fucking move. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on your neck. Oh, yep. hang on a minute. She's just had neck surgery. I wonder why. Because she's a moron. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get us as quickly through this match as I possibly can. Can you tell? <laughs> well, but basically, it's like nothing is spot first. Yeah, it's a spot it's fest. Not even a, I wouldn't even say it was a spot fest because they're not even doing good spots. No, it was, they're, they're very sloppily, shitly done spots. The other thing that's done exceptionally... Wait, come off. What? It's yeah. a spot to get your shit in and then just to get the match <laughs> to break. Sorry. It's, it's go, on, human... go, go on, what have you seen? What have you seen? You know, um... Oh, crap, I can't remember her name. The one who said her favourite match was Melina versus Alicia Fox. Oh, Cameron. Her her bra actually broke mid-match. <laughs> she started to do a spot with Emma, runs into the corner, and Emma dodges out the way. Her bra bursts at the back, and she has to hold it on. Fantastic. And roll, and roll to the outside. Jesus. Fantastic. Sorry, Coxie, <laughs> what was he saying, mate? It's not fantastic. She's a dog. But nevertheless, it's it's, it's, it's like everyone just like do, everyone go outside, get your shit in, do these spots, and then this person wins, and nothing really happens, and it's pointless, and it's just a payday slash get women in. Yeah, I agree. Like, even Marie's actually getting a spot. Yeah, it won't last long. <laughs> uh, but for me, like I say, the only decent thing to happen in this match was AJ Lee's Black Widow and Naomi, which will always look slick. Yeah, that's because it was really cool. Yeah, it was a really cool move. Naomi taps out. AJ retains. Two out of five. Blah. It was there. Feel, feel better due to the fact my bladder's now empty. Even now, some random trivia on this. The Divas oh, Champion. Invitational was the only Divas Championship match in WrestleMania, and it was the first women's championship match, the first WrestleMania women's championship match of any kind since WrestleMania 23. Fuck Jesus. So, Seven yeah, years without a defence. 
Women's wrestling is important, you know. Yeah, I know. That showed out the decline of it, didn't it? It was like the second dip. Mm, this is probably the way, like... I just saw that gut buster. Yeah, it was awful, uh, isn't it? It's it's absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I say, it's the first thing that I put wrote down after saying I couldn't find anything to write. It's um, like, yeah, that's terrible. It's not... A thing of I just seen Rosa Mendez from behind. She looks like a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> oh Which, yeah, uh, it's absolutely the, the, the triple the triple woman bloody sharpshooter, which didn't go as planned because even Eva Mendez broke it up. Yeah, you mean Eva Marie? Eva Mendez is an actress. They're all the same. Oh, well, look at <laughs> oh. Dude! You can't say that! It was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. Fuck's sake. Cox is like, I'm not controversial. Controversial <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have my you done fucked up uh, sound effects, so unfortunately I can't <laughs> add that in. Jesus. I can easily get it again. Yeah, we need a corner. We need, we need a Zandig Jesus at that point. I've just yeah. noticed the, uh, the brass spot. Oh. Yay! I, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I actually missed that. I don't know how. Cool. It's more the fact that Emma's gone for the tarantula in the corner, and I don't know how bloody... Cameron or Naomi is managing to take that spot without like the top just coming off. And I know, it's like, just, it's just like ping. Think is what side of the ring was it? Uh, the corner. The commentator near... side. Yeah, oh god, the so Jr. would have, not Jr. King would have loved that. Probably, yeah. Dirty bastard. Mm. But yeah, I didn't think much he's... of it. Is it just me? Is Tamina actually look like she can wrestle a bit at this time? Yeah, she was also younger. Yeah, I suppose. She's 40 now, so... Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, she needs to hang them up. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly do a quick Google on Tamina Snooker now on her age, but I'm sure she's 40. I could she's... also I could also be completely wrong. And she gets even more Yeah, it's not great, is it? For me, a little push then is like, yeah, look, look at me. I'm going to run like a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the Bellas. Yes. To be fair, Paul throws out a two for this match. I, I, That's being generous. That mm. is being generous. And, yeah, I might have to give it, but the thing is, I may also have to give it a two. Just because... It it was quite funny, and there were some bits that were quite good. Yes, Tamina Snooker is forty. Jesus, we should do like a women's wrestling podcast. We we'll just talk about women's wrestling. There is one probably somewhere. There will be one somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah, I think we'll do one. Mm-hmm. We could do actually. That's not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, well, shall we move oh. on to the main event? Oh. Bunkle also chime in with next. He was like, "That's a true crime episode." Don't. 
<laughs> this week, Benoit. No, we can do a true crime episode of what happened to the Undertaker building up the summer. It's SummerSlam '93 or '94 when he got that like, uh, bloody um, what's it from Naked Gun, <laughs> trying, trying to like hunt him down or whatever. Oh, Leslie Nielsen, what his name is. Yeah, yeah, Leslie yeah, Nielsen. He's playing, he's playing the character of the detective to, like, to find the Undertaker before SummerSlam, I think it was against Yokozuna. <laughs> Jesus. I've built up to it. Oh, dear. A yeah, possibility, maybe, as a spoof. That'd be fun. AJ gets the win in 6.48. It was, uh, it was six minutes too long. Yeah. We spoke about it for longer than six minutes. That's quite depressing. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Gave it too much limelight. I actually do think we talked about it possibly about the same length as the Cena Wyatt match. Oh dear. Yeah. No, long. Main event time? I'd say so. I would say and so. And here comes Randy Borton, the champion out first. Of course, hold on. First of all, just before we cover this, what? you could jump to backstage. Mean Gene is with. Well, Gene Mean even is with Hulk Hogan. When Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff jump in with Mr. T. Yeah, and they all shake hands. Oh, I, that's I, pretty I, much it. Nostalgia. No, it's not nostalgia because the only person anybody gives a shit about is Hogan. And so I say that sarcastically, mate. <laughs> you see, what they could have done there, though, rather than doing all that crap, is have Stone Cold Steve Austin walking around handing beers out. Now, that would have been nostalgic. Well, they literally got them forward in the, in the middle of it, and they could, so you could see Stone Cold go, Now, kiss! <laughs> or just stun at them all. They just <laughs> had Austin walk out during like, Orton's entrance and start giving beers to people for no reason. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> it's Austin, he just does this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, can, I can imagine this happening in about 20 years' time. Don't mind him, his Alzheimer's just kicked in. No, like, the <laughs> Handing out a beer, he just goes, what? Well, <laughs> the, match is on. the match is going on, and Austin's just still walking around the ring just giving beers to people for no reason. I got Austin. I got Austin. In 20 years' time, I was like, Austin, are you in promo? What? Are you in promo? What? Has someone switched his hearing aid on? Click. Are you in promo? No. <laughs> but then, even after the paper is finished, like, all the confetti's coming down, and Austin's still there giving beers to people. Like, <laughs> go home. Like, Austin, I've got to work tomorrow. What? He's still handing beers out when the basketball game's on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Fuck it. It's Austin. It's what he does. <laughs> Sack himself out. <laughs> oh, God. So... Yes, of course, out first, he hears voices in his head as Red Fury is doing his, his, his theme live. Aye. It's Randy Borton. Meh. Yeah, the champion coming out first. So, yeah, that's... I hate that. The champion should always come out last. Was no, it Batista this... that came out second? Yes. I just wanted to note, though, this is there's only two titles defended on this whole pay-per-view, and they're in the last two matches. Yeah, the tag belts weren't defended on the main card were they? neither was the Intercontinental or the, or the US. US but I think it was both compet- both champions in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal I couldn't even tell you they were I'm not sure but it would. I think this year they were trying to make a massive deal out of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and then obviously just gave up on it 
Um, but yeah, Batista comes out second, and then obviously you've got Daniel Bryan coming out last, which in a storyline sense, again, doesn't make sense. Because you've got two authority guys coming out before the guy that's fighting the authority. Surely if you're trying to milk this injury, you even to the second, you'd make him wait longer. We'd get him out earlier. Yeah, well, that was what partly my thinking was. You'd have Daniel Bryan come out first and have whoever comes out second beating the crap out of him while the other guy walks to the ring. Yeah, there is that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, Batista and Randy Orton don't really care who wins as long as, one, as long as one of them wins, as we'll come to find out during this match. You know, it, you should have just said, you know, Brian comes out first, you know, crowd's hyped for it, yeah, and then he just starts getting his ass kicked straight away. They should go after the shoulder. Which is all that happens anyway, but he comes out last. So he's had a longer rest, which, as you say, doesn't really make sense with the story. This is it. I mean, it, obviously, you know, it doesn't make much of a difference whether he comes out first or whether he comes out last. Just for a storytelling sort of purposes, it makes more sense to do it that way. Well, yeah. Interestingly as well, this is the first WrestleMania to only have one World Championship match since WrestleMania 18. Yeah, because they were unified at this point, weren't they? Yes. Sort of like an undisputed champion sort of era, which I think I mentioned... Um, was it WrestleMania in that seventeen? Was it or was that was that Jerry, uh, when Jerry eight, Hill, 18, eighteen? Eighteen, sorry, eighteen. Yes. Where I said that obviously it was the second coming of the undisputed championship. In a way, it should always have stayed that way. To be fair, you don't need two world champions. No. Well, this is it. But yeah, we start out and. Um, yeah, it's just straight away they take out Brian, pretty much. Brian on the offence quick, but then gets taken out. So, you know, they make it a non-factor pretty much early on. Yeah. You know, and every now and again you hear, you see Brian coming in out of nowhere, especially like this, because like, I, I think it was like a drop kick or something. The, it, was, it came from behind the camera at some I think, point. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a point where... Um... Another point like it's basically that's kind of what Brian does. It's like almost like trying to pick his spots, but he just keeps getting taken out. Mm. So it's like there's a um, there's a superplex. Uh, I think it was to Orton, and then you turn around and Daniel Bryan's already flying off the top rope for a headbutt, and then straight away gets thrown out of the ring. Mm. But it's like you know it's getting it's getting his shots in while. You know, almost not taking too much punishment, really, because he's just getting thrown straight back out. Oh, um, and the match kind of goes a, pretty much. It might as well be a one-on-one, but with Daniel Bryan, almost he's almost like a manager, isn't he? Like interjecting every now and again. In a way, I mean, he, never, he never builds up too much momentum until the end. This is it. I mean, he, he takes him out at the end, but he, ta- he gets his few licks in, he gets his shit in, and then. One of them, he'll take on one, and then the other one will come in and just fucking, um, you know, they'll they'll take him out from behind, and that'll be him. That'll yeah. be it then, you know. And then it'll be a bit of a spot, for, you know, a bit of a spot between Batista and Randy Orton. And then it'll go back yeah. to Brian again. Um, like Triple Mike... H and Seth eventually also get involved in this match. Yeah. To be fair, that 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 comes a bit later on. I mean, there's one really 
there's one really awesome spot where um, the Orton and Batista basically start working together to double team Brian, and they pull apart the announce tables. Two oh of them. yes, and Batista's on one, and Randy Orton sets the steps up next to the other table, and I'm thinking, what? I, I mean, I, oh. I don't, I don't really remember this match. I was thinking, what the hell's going on here? And he picks him up to Batista bomb him. And as he throws him, Orton jumps across from the steps and RKO's him through the table. And I was like, that looked awesome. That that spot looked incredible. Do you want to add, was... add, add, add a little sprinkle of uh, spice onto that little description for you? If you watch yeah. the way Randy Orton lands on that RKO, he doesn't land on the table. He lands on the, one of them big TVs. Ah. So it's like he bends around this TV. Shit. It's mm. not nice. It really isn't. It's no, but that's, horrible. It's a bloody great spot, though. I mean, props props to them both for taking it. I mean, Batista just stood there like, hey, I'm part-time player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then proceeds to beat the crap out of Randy Orton, which would make sense. You know, it was that. I'm tempted to say that spot of the night. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, it got a "This is awesome" chat, which was the only one of the night. Yeah, the only you know, true yeah. one of the night. Yeah, yeah, it was that. I mean, partway through this match, obviously, like I said, like you say, Stephanie and Triple H get involved, and they, they take out the referee, and they yeah, replace and the referee ref. with the with the, re, the replace the referee with the authorities one. Yeah. Which then Daniel Bryan takes out and does, does a, is it a, a, a suicide dive onto Stephanie Triple H and Armstrong? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a period of time, obviously, when that happens with the table and stuff like that, where there is no referee because we've got Red Ring of Ref. Well, I mean, they say it's no DQ anyway because triple threats are no DQ, aren't they? This is true. Well, it's it's. He's really, he's really good. I mean, it, it was, it, it wasn't what I expected from the match. The problem is the crowd doesn't care about Randy Orton, Batista. They don't. No, they're, they're all not. Left they're Brian. not. Yeah, they're not interested in. So we have long spots in this match of almost perfect silence because they don't give a shit what Batista and Randy Orton do to each other. They don't care. They just want Brian. Mm. And the way the story is told is Brian. Like as we've said, he's you know he almost has to bide his time and then try not to get more injured when he does interject, you know. Yes. So it, it, I mean, when he gets the point where they're taking him out on the stretcher and he gets off the stretcher, crowd goes insane. That's and that was the moment when it was like, yeah, it's you know. No matter what happens, you know Brian's the making of this match almost. Yeah, if, if Brian wasn't here, it would have been. It would have been. I would, I'm not going to necessarily say it's going. It was going to be a snore fest, but it wouldn't have been half as good as it was. I mean, I just see participation. A lot alone. of people would have left if the, if this match had actually been billed as Batista versus Randy Orton. You know, because Batista won the Rumble and whatnot. No one's still in the in the crowd. No. Everybody goes up to take a match. People were starting to turn on Batista at this point as well, weren't they? So, Well, they kind of turned... They, they always... They, 
this is the thing that the WWE doesn't really understand. It's you know, it's all well and good bringing back these part timers, but unless they were, you know, The Rock or they were Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, there was someone of that ilk. The crowd's always going to turn on them. We do, we don't want them thrown in our face, type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Batista comes back on Monday Night Raw. The on the Sunday he's winning the Royal Rumble, and it's like, no, we don't want this. <laughs> you know, why do we? Why 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 is this guy suddenly better than everybody else on, on the roster who's still wrestling every day? You know. Mm. But they, they've, they've done a good job of, I want to say, almost getting away from that. I mean, Lesnar's part-time, but it's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um, in a way, it's worse, though. Yeah. He's your champion, he's not defending it. When was the last time he defended the belt? Really, apart from that triple threat clusterfuck. Royal Rumble. It, I can't remember. It was was it? I don't even, don't even think he's. Did he defend it at Survivor Series? Um, I don't think so. I think the last the last time was the Rumble, obviously, other than the odd live show, live events. But mm. you know, I, there was that. You know, it was that gif out recently, uh, meme even, where Lesnar's combined time in pay per view matches this year. Was like less than an hour. <laughs> Seth Rollins last week on Raw. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know. um, an hour in that gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah, it was stupid. Um, we're going back to this match. Batista's conditioning wasn't that great. I'll be honest with you, he was blown up pretty early. Yeah, again, that's that's part. That's the thing, isn't it? It's part time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's all well and good. You know, if you, it's like any, it's like any sport. Yeah, the 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 pros, you know, the they're in the condition to do that sport. You know, you t- and if you take time away from it, you, you lose that conditioning or at least a bit of it. It's like when I used to do jujitsu. Take a week out, it's unbelievable how much cardio you've lost. Mm. You know, and that's just one week. You know, Batista's taken, I don't know, year, two, whatever it is, off. And then he's making a comeback in bloody WrestleMania. Yeah, fair point. Um, Coxie, what have you thought? What do you think of this match? It's one of them. It's, it's, it's evident the sort of, they're giving, they're still giving Brian time to actually have a breather and stuff. The, the majority of it seems to be uh, Batista and Orton, and the odd spot with Brian where he just gets taken out, and then it's just mm-hmm. these two over each other again. But he's still getting his shit in there, like you said, but he's only doing a certain percentage of the match. Yeah. Like, it's. Again, it's not like. It's not the best, like, main event, especially for Mania, but obviously they're going to send the crowd home happy. Mm. So. Like uh, you can't have been. I'm sure we all like called it and said like, obviously Brian's winning. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, predictable as hell. Oh right, yeah. No, no one wanted to see Evolution take on each other in the main event. This is no. It. Oh. 
having Flair running down the ramp, wooing, just going, why are you fighting, guys? We're supposed to be evolution. <laughs> running down with his Smirnoff ice. Yeah. <laughs> Looks on. You got iced. What? You got iced. Now you got, you, you got to get down on one knee and chug a, chug a Smirnoff ice. Why? Because we're young, we're young in our 40s and, well, you guys are, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was. Um, I thought it told a good story. This match. I mean, obviously, we're leading. To, we're closing in now into like the climax of the match, where it was just RKOs and Batista bombs here, there, and everywhere. You had. Um, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of you know. Now it's time for my finisher. Now it's time for my finisher. But it was. It was a, It was well told. It, again, it's 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 a continuation of the Triple H match from earlier. It's the underdog story, but in these triple threat kind of roles, and with these two guys, they're not like they're not like Triple H. Triple H is you know told an excellent story. It, it was you know consistently working the shoulder. These guys just do moves to Daniel Bryan. It's not a you know. Oh, I'll, I'll do this specific shoulder lock to wear him down or anything like that. It was, no, it was just oh, right there, move. just do a move. Yeah, yeah, it was just an impact move into an impact move into an impact move, which, yeah, okay, it looked good, but it doesn't really tell yeah. much of a story. Um, but yeah, as I've written it down, it says RKO teasing for the finish. So we are, yeah. you know, Orton teasing to a punt to take, you know, to take... Yeah, to take Batista out. Yeah, but then he's interrupted with a flying knee from Brian. And then um, he's thrown out the room by Batista, which leads to a two count. Batista yeah. then Batista bombs to Orton. To which yeah. point Batista is then taken out with a flying knee. Yeah. To which then sets up the yes lock for the tap out. Yeah. And the crowd go absolutely batshit. Yeah. Absolutely bad shit. Daniel Bryan gets the win in twenty three twenty, which it didn't seem. No, it does. It, to be fair, it does a good job of not feeling that long. Mm. But I've um, yeah, they've got a new champion because I dubbed this WrestleMania the uh, Bryan Mania because it was <laughs> yeah. the story of Daniel Bryan this whole show. Daniel Bryan and friends. Yeah, basically. It, it, yeah, this show was about Daniel Bryan. But I mean, I'll come, I'll come into that a bit more when we give our closing statements. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put yeah, um, the actual match itself. Now, originally they put a five out of five. I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I mean, I enjoyed match after match after uh, after move after move after move, and I still think to this now as I'm talking about it, I really did enjoy the match. It's not a five out of five, though, for me now. In in hindsight and in conversation, while thinking about it, obviously there wasn't the storytelling like there was in the first match. You had a lot of decent spots, though. The spots, some of the spots were a lot better, more entertaining. The is a slightly different aspect to it when you throw an extra man into the ring as well. So, for me, again, I'm going to give it the same score as the first match, which was a 4.5. It was entertaining as all hell. Let's be honest, the match was great. Um, But it didn't tell as good a story 
as the first match. So I think 4.5, maybe 4.25 from being stingy. Um, even so, a great main event and a great way to send the fans home. See, I'm going to go three and a half. Oh, okay. Simply because it wasn't, like you said, there wasn't much wearing in terms of wearing down. It was literally just like, right, let's take out, or uh, let's take out Brian, which he failed in doing. And you knew you knew what was going to happen essentially when as soon as like uh, Daniel Bryan was announced that he's going to be in this match, like you know he's going to win because they're going to send the fans home happy, especially with like a, a landmark mania. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going to be one of them. We want it to be memorable, so we're going to have Bryan go over. Yeah, not in an air quotation filler mania, which is what yeah. I think we're going to get this year. Um, but also, as a side note, I've just noticed a, a sign, my sign of the night during uh, Daniel Bryan's um, celebration, a vote Quimby sign. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Along with Boot Easter. Boot Easter, yes. I thought that a couple of times. Boot Easter. Um, I put it at the, else at the end of this match, there was so much... Because I was watching it on my tablet at the time. There was that much confetti, it corrupted the feed. <laughs> It actually made it so I couldn't actually see. It was like corrupting as it was going on. It was hard. It was basically freezing up my tablet. There was that much confetti and shit going on. So, yeah, well done. Yeah, there is a ridiculous amount of confetti. Yeah, fuck being the person who has to tidy it all, clean all that up. Yeah. Yeah, But, yeah, it was all right. Bunker, what did you think overall in that match? Um, To be fair, see... When I when I when I originally watched it this morning, I actually I I, I would I want to say I thought it was probably possibly match of the night. Like I really enjoyed the Triple H match, but it was I don't know slightly slower than I wanted it to be. Whereas this match seemed to pick up the pace a lot compared to the rest of the card. I thought the whole I thought a lot of the card was quite slow, and then this out of nowhere was like, big move, big move, big move, big move. And it was like, whoa, this is different. So, you know, I, I think I want to give it like a solid four. You know, if not, maybe a four and a half, just because it was, it in this on this show, it stands out as a big match because there was big moves and it was, yeah, okay, storytelling took a back seat. It did in this match. But, the story had been told earlier. We, we, the story had been told three hours ago. Yeah. Yeah, this, this makes sense. You know, this this, this served. Yeah, it, it, this this served its purpose as right. Can we make it look like? You know, can we make this look important, hard hitting? You know, it's big move after big move. You know, I love the spot in the announce table as we were, you know, gushed about before. Mm. And Brian going over sends the fans home happy. The only person who anybody cared about on this whole card really was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan came out pop during matches where he wasn't even on. Daniel Bryan chance. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, Daniel, it, this show was about Daniel Bryan, and they did an excellent job in the two matches of telling the story and then having him go over in something completely different. Yeah, I agree. So. What would you say overall for this card, the whole the whole WrestleMania? 
I let Coxie go. Uh, yeah, it's again, it's a bit like Romania twenty. Like probably in a few years' time, if wrestling carries on the way it is, or changes or whatever, there's like um, I think it's going to be that thing of uh, you know, look, people are going to look back at it and go, "Yeah, this is a decent menu actually," but. There's just I don't know it's, it's like there's some decent stuff like you got the uh, Daniel Bryan Triple H Kane Outlaw Shield there's just a shit storm Andre the Giant Battle Royale was a shit storm uh, Cena Wyatt throwaway Taker Lesnar like unpredictable you don't know what's going to happen brilliant well, story well done, everything like that. Dave is piss break. And then, of course, send the fans home happy. Not the best mania, but still worth a, a watch. So, overall, I'll give it a 4 out of 5. I think that's fair. I mean, I've given it a 4 out of 5 as well. I mean, Maybe being slightly generous on that, maybe a 4.4 4, 4 out of 5, or maybe a 3.75. But the first match was fucking exceptional, which for me was match of the night for a total, as an actual match, just because of the action involved and the storytelling that was there. You didn't need every, you didn't you didn't need to use every, you didn't need to bounce somebody around the arena for that story to be told. The take a match just for the moment, and the actual match itself was really good. The main event was all right. I thought it was absolutely fine. It served its purpose. It was pretty good. I don't think the Andre the Battle Giant Battle Royal was as bad as people make it out to be. The first one was made out to be sort of a real decent sort of big deal. You had the odd stupid shit spot with Santino or whatever, but you also had some utterly amazing moments in it. Like the Cesaro swing and you had the big show getting power slammed over the top rope, things like that. The Cena Wyatt match, it was what it was. It weren't good, it weren't great, it weren't bad either. It just like you say, it was throwaway, it was just there. Um yeah, so I'd say 4 out of 5, maybe 3.75 if I'm being stingy. Would recommend to somebody who is wanting to get into the more modern sort of WWE, isn't too interested in the historic side. Probably the best WrestleMania of this particular decade up to date but let's be honest that's not saying a lot at the minute um, so yeah that's my thoughts on it the Brian show um, I'm actually going to give it a 3.75 uh, see you mean uh, to be honest I, I, I wanted to I wanted to go into this thinking it was going it was going to be Really, I, I, I don't want to say I wanted to go into it thinking it was going to be really bad, but I went into this thinking I don't remember much about this WrestleMania other than obviously the, the, the Brock Lesnar going over the Undertaker moment. And 
I was thinking to myself, when I initially saw the card and I saw the length of the matches, I thought, Jesus Christ, these matches that are long better be great. <laughs> and, you know, because uh, it's, it's a seven-match show and it's four hours long. Whereas, you know, the ones we've reviewed previously are three hours long and have, like, 11 matches. But I think the first match was great. Like I say, a little bit slower than I expected, but still great storytelling. Put that together with the last match because it's the same storyline. And I think they did an excellent job. They really did a great job with that. And especially making the two matches so different, despite having the same outcome, essentially. I thought Undertaker-Lesnar was great. I think if Taker had gone over, that match would have been the shits. It would have just been terrible. But... It's kind of... I I wrestle myself because I want to to give the pay-per-view a four. I want to give it a you know a four out of five, but then I tell myself, well, can I give a, a free match show a four out of five? And the answer is yes, because really it's only a four match show anyway. You know, I I I don't consider Andre the Giant Battle Royal to really mean anything just because of the way that they've always treated the winner. That's not my fault. That's their mm. fault. Well, the way I judged it, I've just. <coughs> Just to argue, it's just how it was built at the time. So yeah. at the time, it was meant to be a big deal. So they actually gave it a bit of you know pushing and shit like that. Yeah. But anyway, on you go, mate. Yeah. So yeah, I was just yeah. In essence, I'd give it a four out of five. I think you know if it, I would say, should you sit and watch the whole show? I say you don't need to. You definitely need to watch the Undertaker Brock Lesnar match if you've never seen it, just because of. It is that bigger moment. And I would say watch the Triple H Daniel Bryan match and the main event. I'd even, you know, skip the rest of it. Just sandwich them both if you want. Because it tells a great story one leading into the other. I think it really did. I think I was su- surprised by how well it did it. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree. So what basically we could say is if you put this pay-per-view on, if you like a bit of nostalgia, watch the opening promo, watch the opening match, then skip to the Undertaker match, and then watch it from there, and then have a quick piss while the Divas are on. Yeah. Basically. That's what I would recommend on this show. Um, If you do that, I think you're going to have a good time. It sounds like when I watched uh, the first, the very first Transformers movie from about 45 minutes in. <laughs> See, really good. Then you watched the first 45 minutes. I watched the first 45 minutes with, with the rest of it and it's just like, this is dog shit. <laughs> it's like watching Hancock. Watch the first half of Hancock and then as soon as Charlize Theron comes on, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so yeah what would you say in agreement I'd say 3.5 I've, I've... Coxie's said 4 you've said 4 so, so it's a 
As a lost starter podcasting score, I think we can call it a four, can't we? I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, four out of five, would recommend. Sweet. So, yeah, I think, well, we've, I think, I think we've rated every single one four out of five, haven't we? Or 4.5. Oh, uh... <laughs> Just wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in and find out if this streak continues. <laughs> Uh, anything left to add on Mania 30? No. No. I just, no, I just think it's a masterpiece compared to what's coming next. <laughs> well, fuck, yeah, you, so you, fuck you, Bunkle. You can join week four of, of our road to WrestleMania. One week for WrestleMania 9. <laughs> I've already yeah. watched it and done the notes. <laughs> Let me just find the tagline because I'm sure I'm sure it's brilliant. Oh god, <laughs> we're shit like the US Grand Prix that used to be here. Yes, so we're going to take you back to 1993 <laughs> with the first WrestleMania held outdoors in front of 16,891 people at Caesar's Palace, oh, the boy. biggest in the world, are coming to Las Vegas. <laughs> It's WrestleMania 9. Join us, shall you? Yes. Join <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us next week. For the... I don't think we to add, do we? No, no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Sweet. Well, uh, for the last start of wrestling, I've been Coxie. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle. And I've been me, it's me, it's THG. Paul the hot guy for Linda's. And you've been listening to us talk about WrestleMania 30. Bye! Bye.